by the power of Ray Welcome to a, another fun-filled episode of the Zero Box Prize Podcast. The podcast that serves you three scoops of pop culture. And I am here with my co-host, uh, my Kawabunga dude, my right-hand man, Aaron Smelzer. Aaron, what is going on, brother? Another day, another dollar, man. Just trying to get through this uh, New England winter. I think I'm sick and tired of the snow. Uh, you and me both Googled when the flea market was opening this year in about two months, and I'm ready to get the hell out of my house and do something fun. Oh, man. I cannot wait for the flea market to open, man. Like, I am just going to, like, oh, I'm just sitting like a kid waiting for the candy store to open man because like we just have so much fun at the flea market and just finding things and you know just like cracking jokes me you and dave for those listening dave is our local flea market toy merchant that hook us up with all these 80s 90s retro toys man and it, and it's just so much fun man and I, and I can't wait man like just the pickups man but speaking of pickups aaron what is going on with your pickups have you picked up anything lately yeah, I uh, the the Brave Star. I got a couple couple more pieces of that. Um, I was able to get the Skull Walker at a really decent price, actually, and it arrived unbroken. So that's <laughs> that's always a plus. Um, and then I got uh, what was it? Outlaw Scuzz, um, who was one of the kind of baddies in the show, and I got him. So I'm down to just needing two figures to complete the line um and then uh a couple little accessories here and there obviously but two main figures to complete the line and then the playset. so it's been a journey i think i've said uh a lot of it um on the podcast of like what i've picked up with brave star and um so yeah uh that i got that uh i sold those grateful dead t-shirts Oh, so, nice. Yeah. Wait, where did you find those at? I got those at Savers. So um, I sold those for uh, a good good chunk of change, which I was happy about because that was a good little come up and uh, use that for some toy purchases. There you go. <laughs> oh, there you go. Um, trying to think what else I've picked up recently for the collection. Um Nothing, nothing too much. The Brave Star I focused on. Um, the uh, I got a couple new T-shirts. I think I sent those to you guys. Yeah, um, those should be coming in the mail. Trying to change up my wardrobe a little bit. You know, getting ready for the flea market season. Got some retro tees. Oh, we gotta look our best at that flea market season. It's like going back to school. You know, we need our Ninja Turtle shirts, our geek fandom shirts, man. You know, we're getting ready, man. We we gotta look proper. We gotta look. <laughs> we gotta look toy 
fashionable when we go well, to the flea market. So it's not only for fashion, but I also feel like people, it's like, like almost like a conversation starter, especially if you're not necessarily going to a flea market, but if you're going to like a garage sale, somebody may see you wearing like a Ninja Turtle shirt or like a GI Joe shirt and be like, Oh, you like Ninja Turtles? Be like, yeah, do you have any? <laughs> you know, you got that crack. You got that Ninja Turtles. You got that Ninja Turtles crack. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like, like me going to the flea market and I'm wearing a Denver the last dinosaur t-shirt. Somebody's like, whoa, I see you like dinosaurs and you love Denver. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's pretty cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we get we get all the ladies. <laughs> ladies, please relax, relax. There's plenty of Denver to go around for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um no, I found a cool I found a few cool things at the at the thrift stores. I got that micronauts uh what the, what the I don't even know how to describe it. It was like the it's like I forgot what it was called now. It's like this micronauts thing that like you launch the guy from side to side. So oh, I ended nice. up getting it didn't have the power supply, so I got the power supply off eBay and it works. Uh, it's nice. like some like shuttle tubes or something, rocket tubes, I think it is. And uh, that that was cool. I mean, it was it was nice to finally see something retro in the um <laughs> right, in, right. in the thrift stores. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean not too much. I've, I've really been focusing on the Brave Star. Um, bought a couple new shelves for the for the toy display down downstairs. Just some cheap like Home Depot shelves, just because I was like, I just need to get stuff off the floor and kind of yeah, display. man. That's that's the thing. Well, we need to display our dollies. You know, we we can't <laughs> we can't have them in boxes. We can't have them like all over the place, man. We gotta display display these things. And like for me, it's like. I kind of lose my mind if, like, I, I look at my floor and I see just toy boxes on the floor. I'm like, what is this doing there? This used to be showcased, like the Mona Lisa at, like, some <laughs> art. You know, this is art. Like, somebody made this. Like, I can't just have it on the floor. As toy collectors, we have to display these things. You know, we're going to be able to, like, as you step out of your room and you're about to go to the bathroom and you just look back at the wall, you're like, yeah, there's my Donatello looking back at me. <laughs> <laughs> Again, ladies, hold your restraint. Hold your <laughs> hey, Donatello's hey. gonna be staring at you in the bedroom. <laughs> ladies, ladies, I'm gonna be a 39 year old man, almost 40, that still collects toys. Why would you not want to date me? <laughs> no, but that, that's awesome, Aaron. You know, um, hey, by the way, when was the last time that you saw that Brave Star cartoon? Oh man, um, probably a couple years ago. I mean, I'll watch little clips here and there, but I haven't like sat down and watched it. For me, like, I don't even know why I really like. Well, I know why I got into it, but like, it was just kind of one of those like obscure toy lines that I was like, wow, the, just the display and the way that the boxes were. Because I got a couple of the boxes, um, you know, like it, it, it just it had so much eye appeal, you know. Right. You know, and and they're not the three and three quarters figures. They're like the six six inch, almost seven inch figures. You know, so like they have like that. You know, like you hold it in your hand, and it's like, man, this is like, like like when you hold it like a Thundercat. Like it's an action figure. It's not like the tiny tiny ones. So it just had that eye appeal for me. But I never really sat down and watched the series like totally. But I've watched a few episodes. But it's it's odd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, isn't it like about like some cowboy in space and. And uh, he has like obviously in the 80s, every 
protagonist had had like a sidekick character or somebody that helped him. So, you know, his battle cat is the horse, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I've never seen Brave Star. That's one show that I've never saw. I mean, I'm going to have to jump on YouTube or somewhere and just watch the first episode. Well, it wasn't really successful. It was like, you know, oh. I think I think <laughs> All right. it, I mean, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like it, I think it had like maybe 30, 40 episodes like it wasn't. I think they tried to jump on the kind of everything is in space. Right. right and right. then like the Roy Rogers type, you know, thing where it's like, OK, how do we make cowboys in space? Right. And okay. it's like, OK, but then they kind of went a little too far with like his horse turns into a bipod and like talks and like all this other stuff. So it's like Mr. Ed in space. Oh, my God. <laughs> wait, wait. Cowboys in space. Didn't they do that with Silverhawks already? Well, so one of the guys was a cowboy in Silverhawks, but not all of them were cowboys. Oh, you're right. Like you're he right. had a cowboy hat and the guitar. But okay. like he didn't, he did, he wasn't like the whole Silverhawks. They weren't all cowboys. Oh, that's right, that's right. Oh my God, uh, playing country music in outer space, <laughs> <laughs> rocking out, rocking out in outer space, man. Oh my God, and it's funny because like I think the same developers who developed Thundercats developed Silverhawks, and then they also developed uh, uh, the the shark one uh, underneath the water. It was Thundercats, Silverhawks, tiger, sh- tiger Sharks, and then Tiger Sharks. Yeah, yeah. Everything they had to do with like uh, mammals mixing with 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 human beings. <laughs> man. Well, that was what... the thing. And then and then what did we have in the nineties? We had Animorphs, you Animorphs, know, and then yeah. Beast Beast Transformers Beast Wars. So like <laughs> you know, there, there's there's a common thread here. There is, there is. I don't know if like back in the eighties and nineties when these like showrunners and writers and producers, they were must have been sniffing something, man, because to come out with some of the ideas they come out, like 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 I'm just like, can you imagine the guy that was just sitting in the office back in like eighty six and just opens up the door like poof guys, I got it. I got the show, man. I got it. What about cats that are powerful? And we're calling Thundercats. But then as he's saying that, there's just blood coming out his nose. Hey, Jerry, you got, hey, Jerry, you got some blood coming out of your nose, bro. <laughs> yeah, there might have been some mushrooms and some and some uh, cocaine and some 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 illegal <laughs> substances involved with the creation of some of these shows. But I mean, like, oh. hell, like you. But then, but then you watch the shit that we watched in the 90s, like the Power Rangers with like Rita's creatures and stuff. And some of those creatures, you got to be high as hell to create those creatures. Oh. Like the, the 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 big toad with the mohawk that goes around eating everything and like the bird with the beak in the middle of its chest. And I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, there's all kinds of shit. But yeah, I think. You know what? When once the creative juices start flowing, you know uh, whether you're under the influence or not. <laughs> if it's gonna make money, more power to you. Oh, seriously, man. But hey, those are some awesome pickups, man. Like I also did some pickup in. I went to Goodwill last week, and I think I showed you guys in our toy Facebook group. Um, I picked up two T-shirts from Goodwill, and they were cheap. They were both six dollars each, and it was a Ghostbusters two. And I've been trying to find a Ghostbusters 2 t-shirt with the with the no ghost logo holding the two. So I found that and I found this awesome shirt. It had the Technodrome um, in front of it. But then like they had arrows pointed to different sections of the Technodrome and it told you what that section does. Oh, my God. I had a nerdgasm in Goodwill, man. Like like some lady saw me and she's like, 
sir, are you okay? And I'm like, no, I'm nergasming right now. <laughs> like, She's probably like took a couple steps back. She's like, this guy's a creepy. <laughs> <laughs> well, funny story about that. And I didn't share this with you. I wanted to save it because I was hoping you'd bring it up. I found that same shirt. And I'm <laughs> we're going no, we're, we're to be twins at the flea market. <laughs> oh, my. So, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Aaron, are you talking about we're going to be that flea market couple? We're in the same shirt. And you know what? Maybe we could get somebody to use a cricket machine and put cereal box prize cat box <laughs> cereal box prize podcast on the back of it. Oh man, that is hilarious. I can't wait to shit. You know what? The first day of the flea market, we should Let's both show it. up with those. Let's people. do it. Yeah. I'm, I'm this is, yeah. So it was funny because my wife was with me and I was like, no way. And I kind of did the same thing. I was like, it's the Technodrome shirt. And I, and I, t- I said, Steve just found this last week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Our, our buddy Dave is going to get a kick when he sees us wearing the same T-shirt. <laughs> like, all right. I think you guys are taking this toy hunting thing a little bit too serious now. <laughs> now, um, now it would be good if while we're hunting, and I know you found the Technodrome last year, if we find another Technodrome at the flea market be like oh yeah, it's my meant god to and, and it's all complete mint in box and somebody just wants 25 dollars for it and then you run as, as fast as you can to the car <laughs> so yeah so yeah i ended up picking up those two shirts i also went to goodwill this morning and i found from mattel it was a board game and Aaron, you told me you gave me a, a great tip and for those listening when you're toy hunting or going to these goodwills um, make sure you check out the board game section because there's some classic stuff hidden there. And I found a 1986 What's That commercial Mattel board game. And guys, so, all right, Mattel came out with this board game. It comes with a VHS. Um, you have to watch a bunch of commercials and answer questions about those commercials. And it's just something so obscure because in the 80s that was the first thing that came out was something that was almost like a digital kind of platform where you used a vhs i know there was something else and i forgot the name of it there's something else that used the vhs before and it was a game but this is like was ahead of the game in the 80s because now obviously we have a bunch of like board games that either are like those blocks Blockbuster games with a DVD and all that, but like to find that from 1986 at Goodwill, and I only paid four dollars. And when I checked on eBay, it goes from between 38 to 75 bucks if it's complete. So mm-hmm. that was an awesome find today. So yeah, board. I mean, you got to be surprised. You'd be surprised. I made a, a a lot of you know trades and money off of board games over the past couple of years. Um, I just sold a couple the other day that I found at Goodwill. You know, I mean, like. They they uh they have some good value, especially any of the, like the fantasy flight games. I mean, there's some really in depth board games that go for a lot of money. Like you, if you want like a a board game that's like a really nice board game that um you know you're gonna play and you know with your friends and stuff like that, you walk into any like you know comic book shop, you're gonna pay like sixty seventy dollars for some like of the nicer board games. You know, and like Goodwill, for whatever reason, they scan everything else. They scan the at least the one by my house. They scan the the video games. They scan the DVDs. So you never find anything of value like there. But the board game section has been gold there. Um, there's a Pokemon um, board game. I think it's called Pokemon Master Trainer. 
it's got like a two hundred pieces. It's got all, all one hundred fifty one Pokemon like Pogs and like you know a bunch of uh, character cards and all this other stuff. But if you find that complete, it's like a hundred dollar board game. Oh and wow! I found two of them so far uh, over the past couple years at that Goodwill, and I was like, okay, and you're only gonna pay like three four dollars for them. That's awesome. That that yeah. is awesome. Yeah, and that was a good tip that you told me. You were like, Steve, make sure you check out the board game section another section another tip for everybody listening is check out the book section also um there are some books out there that go for some pretty good prices and i'm always always looking for stephen king books uh there's always some first edition prints or second printing of books that are worth money so check out the board game and also check out the the book section man but yeah so i picked i picked that up that was an awesome find retro find today and then i just pre-ordered d action figure adventure from director rob mccollum and jay bartlett and for those that don't know action figure adventure or heard of rob mccollum rob mccollum was the director of nintendo quest and if you want to watch that check it out on amazon prime because you can watch the nintendo quest documentary there and i'm excited to see this because it's an adventure where um jay bartlett his best friend they've been friends for since they were kids he's traveling around canada and some parts of the u.s and He's collecting vintage toys to raise money for a children's hospital. And how awesome is that? That these guys are out there, you know, and it's all for charity and it's action figure adventure. And a lot of people are talking about it, getting great reviews. So I just pre-ordered that off a big bad toy store. Looking forward to watching that. And Aaron, you were the one that introduced me to my next pickup, which is Chris Fawcett's tmnt rad plastic book and man i've been listening to a lot of toy podcasts that book is getting a lot of reviews great reviews and uh actually uh rob mccollum uh has a toy show on youtube and he had chris fawcett the author there of the book and he talked about the process uh he was also a toy maker himself talked about how he came up with the idea um the rare turtle figures that never came out and as a matter of fact Aaron did you know that and on the book it shows it for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 there was supposed to be a playset uh was it supposed to be the um like the subway playset uh it was actually you know what it looked like when I saw the picture it kind of looked like the Ewok it was it was was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 movie playset that never came out and it shows it in the book and that's something that i didn't even know that they were they were about to come out with that um the book is 400 pages and weighs five pounds so (laughs) it's a big book it's a coffee table book um i paid 68 dollars with the shipping but it is worth it and i can't wait for it to come so i can show you guys um and then for my last pickup that i'm about to uh back up on kickstarter so there is a book called The Toys That Time Forgot. There has been a volume one. I missed out on volume one. Um, but, guys, this is by Blake Wright. And Blake Wright wrote uh, the, toys that far- that, the Toys That Time Forgot volume one. And volume one just contains all these toys that were never produced by, like, Mattel, Kenner. Now he's coming out with volume three. With more toys that were never that never came out, and these books are amazing, and I'm on Kickstarter right now. And if you guys go on Kickstarter, 
if you missed out on volume two and if you missed out on volume three you can go on kickstarter right now you can back it and if you back it for a hundred and ten dollars or more on october 20 2021 you're gonna get volume two and volume three now that is a steal so i am definitely getting these two books and also just found out that volume one is getting reprinted so the toys that time forgot if you guys have not picked up these books pick up these books man blake Wright, man uh it's just awesome um Aaron, have you heard of this i have not that's why i'm googling it quickly but um i i just kind of did like an ebay search just to be like oh let's see if there's any on ebay i didn't see any current on ebay but i saw some sold listings on ebay and i'm glad that you said volume one is being reprinted because the last couple that have sold that are volume one are um Three hundred dollars <laughs> sold yeah, on eBay, yeah. and actually, uh, Blake the author was talking about that. That like a lot of people that bought Volume One, since it's not reprinted, they're selling it for so much money. But the good news is that I just saw the interview with him on Rob McCollum's uh, Toy Podcast show on YouTube, and he did say that they will reprint Volume One. Guys, if you are a toy collector. You got to get these books, man. This this is something that has to be in your toy room with your toys because these are, these are toys that were never produced, things that we as toy collectors want to look forward to. So definitely check that stuff out, man. But yeah, those are like my recent things that I've picked up. Uh, you know, a DVD, a book, wrap plastic, and I'm going to back up that Kickstarter for the toys that time forgot and my two T-shirts. So not bad, not bad, not bad. But Aaron... You told me something that's going on, not in the world of toys, but in another world of collecting. And what is going on with that world? And I I think it's the trading card, uh, baseball card. I I, 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 I needed to catch what you were throwing at me, but it went went right over my head. I was like, what the hell are you talking about, Steve? Sorry, sorry. I was trying to I was trying to segment my, my way into that topic. Pretty cool. But, uh, <laughs> I'll catch it next time. Um, it's all right. It's all right. Yeah, so currently on eBay, well, I mean, and I think I mentioned it. I want to say probably two or three months ago. Um, it was about the Pokemon card boom that just still to this day just blows my mind because I was a collector. You know, probably ten years ago. I'm very happy of what I have. You know, no, I'm not interested in selling. I collected for my myself years ago, and I'm happy with what I have. I'm happy that the prices are going up. I'll tell you that much. Um, but one of the cards that currently is on eBay, I think it has like four days left, is the Pokemon Illustrator card. Hmm. Um, current bid, get out your wallets, get out your mortgages. Um, <laughs> sell a, your kids. Sell your kids, sell your house, <laughs> sell your car, sell everything. <laughs> Um, is current bid $375,000. Yes, you heard that right. $375,000. It is is a super rare card. I'll kind of give you a little history about it. Yes, please. It was only released in Japan. Um, As far as they know, only 39 of these were ever released into the public. So it's one of 39. You had to... um, illustrate 
uh, a, a card for Pokemon. So basically, they send it out to kids, artists, whoever. You could kind of like submit your your artwork into the competition, and if you won, if you won or were the runner up, um, you got this card. So they went through, you know, several rounds and everything. So they believe only 24 of them got released to actual winners. And then 15 were released kind of like as like giveaways, like random giveaways. So total only 39. This one's PSA graded. I believe it's a PSA 7. I would not send anything of that value <laughs> to PSA ever, but somebody did and somebody got it graded. I would drive it down there personally, maybe. Um, but yeah, it, it's, I don't know what it's going to end at. I mean, so you have guys um, like, what the hell is his name? Jake Paul. Yeah. 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 He just, I think he changed the game a couple months ago when he ended up buying like a first edition Charizard for like, Three hundred thousand dollars or something like that. Something oh my God. Or, or it was like a booster box. He spent like half a million dollars on a booster box, and it was insane. I think that's what really changed this market. Okay. And then you got um, Vegas Dave and all these other guys that are big into the sports card world, and they're driving sports cards like to the moon. And so I've been listening to a lot of commentaries about kind of what the where this bubble's going, what it's going to do. And it's really, really interesting because so we all we talked about what happened um, with GameStop on the last podcast. Yes, we did. Yep. Yep. All of these investors that invested in the stock market are now jumping over into the sports cards because they're seeing the validity of the market. They're seeing that you can make money in this market. So what they're so now you have these big stock market whales coming mm. in to the trading card market with a ton of freaking money. And they're going, oh, okay, a Michael Jordan rookie card that normally goes for fifty thousand dollars. Well, I'm gonna buy it for a hundred thousand dollars. Okay, fine, right? The next guy goes, Well, I'm gonna buy it for two hundred thousand dollars. Okay, so the first guy that just bought it for $100,000 is now selling his for $200,000 and driving up the prices of these cards. Eventually, it's going to reach this point where people are going to go, I'm not paying this much money for a card. It's absurd and it's going to crash. So there's all these people that are like, we have to maintain the market right now because if we allow this kind of behavior to continue – it's the uh, I, I forgot who it wasn't Vegas Dave, but it was another guy. Maybe it was Vegas Dave. Um, he's kind of been like the big sports card guy, and I'll kind of cut this short. But like, I just like he bought what was it? it was a Mike Trout like rookie card autograph like PSA ten for four hundred thousand dollars, and then flipped it a year later for four million dollars. So that's oh my like, god. So that's kind of like the 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 first big flip when he made that flip, it changed everything. So everybody's kind of like speculating. Okay. If I buy this card for a hundred thousand dollars, can I sell it six months down the road for $500,000? And, but that's the type of money that people are throwing around right now for sports cards. Like Kobe Bryant cards are insane. rest in peace. I don't know why people benefit off of people that have passed away. Right. Right. But Kobe Bryant, like autographs, cards, 
rookie cards are through the freaking roof right now. Wait, how much does a Kobe Bryant card go for right now? I didn't it even. De- it depends on the grade. Uh, let me just kind of do a quick. Uh, so you- all right, so Aaron, let me let me get this straight. So what you're telling me right now is the value of these Pokemon cards are going up in price because these Mongols, these financial people that were high up there that don't know anything about Pokemon cards, but were into like sports and all this other stuff, they were like, hey, this Pokemon thing is like crazy. We're going to get into this. Now, these guys are the top of the top tier. So Uh now you got these guys at the top of the top tier handling Pokemon cards, but because they're so used to pricing things in the sports-related field, those prices now are going up in the Pokemon world because of these dudes. Pokemon is insane. That's why, like, uh, you can't you know, if you go to McDonald's, like, you can't buy the Pokemon cards because, like, they're all sold out everywhere. Like in the Happy Meals. Um, what in the world? Next, is going next time on? you go to Target, look yeah. at the Pokemon card section that used to be full. Right. It's, em- it's empty, Steve. It's empty. Every Pokemon cards you can't find them anymore. They're selling out everywhere. All right, Aaron. I didn't even know this was going on right now, and I'm glad. See, because like I watched Pokemon when I was a kid. Uh, my my brothers played the Game Boy games, but like yeah. I was never big into the Pokemon cards. My brothers were, but like having you on the show and you knowing more about the trading card aspect of collecting, like you're just hitting me with something that I had no idea what's going on right now. So so I just typed in Kobe Bryant rookie, right? Yeah. And PWCC, I can't remember what that acronym is, but they're kind of like the na- the main like big commission consigners in um in the ebay world right now okay i think they're the ones that are actually selling the pokemon card that all right i'm just gonna rattle off the top 10 now i did i did do price plus shipping highest first okay psa 10 now psa 10 is stupid hard to get first of all there's psa 10 is the highest grade you can get on a card okay psa 10 1996 tops chrome refractor kobe bryant five hundred thousand dollars sold $500,000. Five hundred thousand dollars. Okay, nineteen ninety six. That same card as a nine point five, two hundred fifty thousand dollars. That same card as a nine point five again, a hundred thousand dollars. Now we're getting into a different card. It's a PSA ten, uh, nineteen ninety six Skybox, eighty seven thousand dollars. Oh my god. Um, nineteen ninety six Kobe Bryant rookie card, uh, finest gold refractor, seventy thousand dollars. Okay, this is the type of money that people are throwing around on sports cards, trading cards, basketball cards, baseball cards. Um, Michael Jordan rookies are going through the roof because of the um, the uh, Netflix series, The Last Dance. If you haven't watched that, I highly recommend it. It's ten yes, episodes. That is, that is amazing. I saw it. Yes, amazing, amazing. But oh that's the God. type of money that's being thrown around right now, Steve. Okay, so all right. <laughs> wow, I have so many questions right now over this. All right, so here's my thing. Okay. Pokemon cards are going crazy right now. And I'm glad that you brought this up to my attention because I didn't know this was going on, Aaron. So here's my thing. What's going to happen when we, as collectors, go to the flea market now and some of the guys that are there with Pokemon cards because we have bumped into people selling Pokemon cards. What's going to happen now when we go this summer you know, and you bump into somebody with Pokemon cards and now they're asking you, all right, give me like five thousand the least for one card well yeah that's what's gonna happen i mean uh, that's gonna for the people that are knowledgeable with going on that's going on right now 
and and if you kind of at least know that you have something worth money. Now, not now. Now, let me let me preface this. Not every Pokemon card is worth money. Okay. All right. I would say two thousand, maybe two thousand two and before. Right. You're looking at like kind of like with like any comic books. You have like the first generation and right. then the second generation, right? So your base sets, you know, your original sets for Pokemon, and then maybe getting into like the early two thousands, you know. So let's say twenty years, twenty years you know, old and before. I think that that that's going to be where that bubble is because like, obviously people are making money with Pokemon cards today, but that's only because, uh, you know, there's, there's like chase cards. There's like these kind of, you know, rainbow cards and all this other crap. Right. But so long story short, yes, you're going to run into people with Pokemon cards. I guarantee you, if we run into somebody that's knowledgeable, that is like, okay, Pokemon cards are crazy right now. They're probably going to ask like a thousand dollars for a box of Pokemon cards. That is insane. <laughs> oh, man. Man, it's a good thing I'm not a big Pokemon card collector, but it does make me keep an eye out, you know, as I'm out hunting for these things. And as you know, as a matter of fact, now I'm hungry for a cheeseburger right now. I might make my way to the Golden <laughs> Arches and uh, order a nice little happy meal and uh, see if there's a Pokemon card in there for me. So, so that, like, my son, we've, we've gotten lucky and, and we've gotten a couple packs, you know, but they're, so they're McDonald's special packs. You get four cards in a pack. One of them's a, sh- a holographic, right? But some people are trying to scalp the hell out of these. And, and we've talked about scalpers before and how we just, you know, we don't like them. And that kind of, you know, messes with the system that they were buying, you know, hundreds of these packs because with McDonald's, if you didn't know this before, you could go and just buy a Happy Meal toy, right? Okay. Like if you wanted to buy Happy Meal toys from McDonald's, you can go to the kiosk or go to the drive-thru and just say, hey, I'd like to buy a Happy Meal toy. And it's like $1.49 or like two nineteen or something like that. So these guys were going and literally buying hundreds of packs of Pokemon cards, like of the little four-card packs. Then going on Facebook Marketplace and trying to sell them for ten dollars a pack, which is a five hundred percent increase. Oh and, my god! And, but people are buying them. Like if you if you go on, uh, let me see if there's um, any sold listing. I'm sure there is. McDonald's Pokemon 2021. Um, and McDonald's allows that. So so yeah. So Aaron, so what you're saying is. I can go to McDonald's right now and I don't have to buy the meal. Just give me the toy and I'll pay for it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh man. So that people is- so people are selling full freaking cases, Steve. Full cases. Uh three so there's 150 total in a case. Yeah. All right. So 150 packs. Twenty four hundred dollars. That okay. <laughs> okay. So this- people are buying cases. So oh, like, right. and people are selling cases. So let's say you bought a case. So $150 times, I, let's say the retail is $2.19 for the toy. So you're spending 300, let's say four, let's say $400 on a case and then flipping it on eBay for $2,400. Jesus Christ. Well, Aaron, all I got to say is that you got me down a rabbit hole now. Cause I will be, <laughs> I will be at the flea market just getting every Pokemon card I see, man. So yeah, sorry for that long tangent, but yeah, no, um, no, this sports, is great. Sports, Especially this sports is cards awesome. and Pokemon cards are like nuts, nuts right now. This is good to know for our listeners too, because as collectors, you know, you know, a lot of us either we collect a whole bunch of stuff, VHS toys, retro video games, 
retro anything. Obviously, like you said, Aaron, anything Generation 1, Generation 2, you know, the further you go back, 80s and 90s, that stuff's going to be hot forever, you know, so, like, whatever you're into, but if you're not into Pokemon, now you just learn something about the cards, like, hey, this is a hot item right now. A lot of people, too, like, you know, I, I do it, and I know you do it, you know, we kind of buy one thing, and we're like, okay, well, I don't really collect this, but I know I could sell it. Exactly. You know? So, like, if you see Pokemon, I would say if you see older Pokemon cards and you could tell because they're date stamped on the bottom, take a chance on them. You know, if, if you see them baggy and savers or Goodwill or whatever, just take a chance on them and just, you know, see if you got anything crazy. Obviously, the Charizard, the Blastoise, the Venusaur, those are the big three from the original series. But there's some that you, you just be like, oh, yeah, this looks like a cool card. And then come to find out it's like a three, four, five hundred dollar card now, you know, so. That's just, just something to look out for. Well, Aaron, let me ask you a question, man. And for our listeners listening, is it, as collectors. So, you know, I've always said that if I find a scare glow, if I find, uh, you know, Nintendo World Championships, if I find the first printing of uh, Nintendo Power with the Clay Mario in the front, you know, and, you know, I, I just mentioned the toy. I just mentioned, uh, you know, uh, media, which is a magazine. Uh, you know, anything, anything that's like high class, that's worth a lot of money. You know, I've always said that I don't think that I would keep it. I would just sell it, you know, yeah. unless, it, unless it's something that really means a lot, but like a scare glow, I probably won't keep it. I'll sell it. Now, is there anything that you can think of that if you were to find, but you know, it's worth a ton of money, like, would you keep that object or would you sell it? Or is there something that you would keep? I mean, it depends. It like so. I, I will say a couple of years back, and I mean, I I guess it depends on how much money are we talking. You know, like over a thousand dollars. You know, I don't know. Like, so I found a PlayStation Two game. It's the rarest PlayStation Two game, um, Rule of Rose. Um, right. I found that a couple of years ago at a at a yard sale for like two dollars. Now at this time, I was not privy to how much this game was. I knew Atlas. I think it's made by Atlas. If I'm if I'm wrong, don't don't murder me. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that Atlas and like the horror games on PlayStation Two, right, were like are are harder to find, right? And I knew that they were at least decent. So I picked it up. I was like, all right, cool. You know, I bought a bunch of them. You know, and I got home and I scanned it, and it's like a five hundred dollar game. And I was like, oh shit, you cool. know, like. I did not know that this was like the game to right. find, you know, and Steve, when I say this thing was mint, it was mint. It was like played like once put away somewhere. And like, I guess the guy was like selling his collection. Now I was like, okay, now I still have that. Now why I have it. I don't know. I never really played it. I collect video games, but I'm like, am I ever going to find another one? Mm. And here's kind of like the thing, because I did this years ago. I had and I because I wasn't I collected some turtles, but I wasn't a big turtles collector. And I found the scratch years ago. You know, okay. I sold it because I was like, oh, shit, you know, like I can get good money for this. Kind of like what we're just talking about now. I'm not collecting this at this time. I was collecting other things at the time and I sold it. Now, what I sold it for 10 years ago, 12 years ago is nothing compared to what it sells for today. It's peanuts. Wow. You know, I sold it for under $200. Oh my God. And that was 10 years ago. 
probably more than longer than that at this point, probably 15 years ago. Because I was living down in Florida and yeah, it was probably 12, 12, 12 that, to 15 years that, ago. That, 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 that is okay. For those listening, if you don't collect T- TMNT, so Scratch was this very rare figure. He was kind of in the last of the line of 97 and he's a cat, uh, at like a cat burglar and he has like the old, uh, inmate type like jail suit on. Uh, yeah. So if you guys never heard of Scratch, like it's a pretty rare figure, but man, but- yeah. Now it sells for what? Eleven hundred, twelve hundred, twelve hundred. Some even up to two grand. It depends yeah. on how many accessories. And mine had one, ex- one or two accessories. So you know, like it wasn't just a bare bones figure. And back then, but I mean, like I found it at a yard sale, so I was like, shit, I'm gonna sell it because I'm gonna use this money to buy other things that I'm collecting right. at this time. You know, but like I look back at that and I go, damn, if I just would have held on to it, you know, it would have been worth six times that amount, you know, over time. So, you know, when you find something that rare, if you didn't pay a lot of money for it, I personally would keep it in my collection just to like kind of what I did with the video game, just because I'm probably never going to find another one. And then the value was continually going up. So like, sure, if I need money, I know I could reach and reach into my stash and be like, okay, I'm going to sell this game. But like, I, I just don't want to have that regret of like selling something and then 10 years down the line being like, oh shit, it's now worth, you know, six times that amount. Yeah, that's crazy, man. It, it's crazy how like you look at things that were worth a certain price back then and then now the market has just like gone up, especially with this pandemic going on. It's like things are like through the roof right now. Yeah. Um, um that, 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 that That's crazy. But yeah, Aaron, I, I, I didn't know about the Pokemon card, so yeah. I mean that's 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 another rabbit hole now <laughs> that I'm about to jump myself into, man. Oh my god! No, I would say I would say if you're if you're going to start collecting now, I would advise against it. I would be like no, because the market is way too volatile. There's way too many scalpers involved. the The frustrations are going to be real. I would say no, but like. You know, hey, to each their own. If you if you're a glutton for punishment and want to go out there and not find any Pokemon cards and spend twenty thousand dollars on a Charizard, be my guest. Oh man. Yeah, and Aaron, speaking of toys that have gone up in price, let's talk about this whole Cara Dune. Gianna, uh I forgot her last name, Gianna Carano. Yeah. Um obviously we all know what happened with her with the Twitter comment about, you know, <clears throat> the Jews and whatever it was that she said. And, you know, listen, everybody has their own political views. I get it. You know, there's nothing wrong with that, you know. But here's the thing. You're working for a major corporation. You're working for Disney. Mm-hmm. Disney is paying you. Why would you want to mess something up like that? And, Aaron, did you know that this wasn't the first time she did that? Yeah, she's been in hot water a couple times. And I think, you know, they probably the first couple times – you know, probably spoke to her, you know, because just like anything, I mean, you could say, oh, it was free speech. Well, it's free speech to a certain extent. You know, if if, if a ball player or somebody of, you know, that's on a major league sports team starts going out and making all these comments and stuff like that, you know, they're most likely going to be fined or let go. You have to represent the people that you're working for. Disney, especially being all inclusive to all, you know, LGBTQ plus, you know, individuals and, you know, very kind of PC. They've kind of like, you know, really cleaned up their act over the last couple of years. 
I would say not so much in the fifties because we all know that like Disney in the fifties <laughs> with like <laughs> rare rabbit and like, all yeah, Dumbo um, with those black crows. Oh yeah. man. You know, they, they were, <laughs> they were bad. I would say yeah, they were. Know, modern Disney, you know, um, you know, you, you have to represent the brand and to go out there and say the kind of things that she said, it's not it's not smart. Now, do do I think that she'll still be successful as an actor? I don't know. Maybe she'll go back into MMA fighting, you know, because right, that's right. what she did before. But who which knows? I heard, which I heard, she wasn't even like anything spectacular from what I heard from her MMA uh, fighting buddies, <laughs> man, uh, people that watch MMA. But yeah, yeah. So, anyways, that whole debacle happened. Her agent dropped her. Disney dropped her. And of course, Aaron, you just brought this up earlier. When somebody passes away. Or something serious happens in pop culture. Yep. What happens to those people's memorabilia, their figures, everything? Prices skyrocket. And did you see that the Black Series Cara Dune, the first edition figure that came out, it was like $400 on eBay. Yeah. And it was a $22 figure. Yeah, I I have the three and three quarters inch. I don't I didn't have the black series of that. And I did I remember going into Target and seeing I forgot what they called them. I think it was like the um the retro the little small ones, the retro play Star Wars. No, I, Kenner. no it wasn't those. It was there it was it was almost like a black series height, but I wanna say it was it had like the money in it. It was like a Republican chip oh, or something like that. Yes, yes, yes. I, I, I those were peg warmers. You know, those those were all over the place. And then all of a sudden she gets released and everybody goes to the store and buys the hell out of them. Yeah. The prices were just skyrocketing out of nowhere. And I knew it literally the next day I heard the news eBay. I went into eBay. Those toys were like going up in price. Yeah, they were all going up in price. But Aaron, here's the thing, though, guys. Yes, they're going up in price now. But give it like another month or so. Nobody's going to remember about this. And those prices are going to drop, man. I'm telling you right now. So here's the thing. Because it's her likeness, right? I think that's the only reason that you know that if they release another Kara Dune in the future, right? Because obviously they could, they could do one of two things. They could write her off. You know, they could not make her uh, part of the Boba Fett series that's coming out next year. You know, or they could totally kind of re-sculpt it and make it a different figure with the right. same name because it's a Star Wars character, right. you know, but her likeness is never going to be used again. You know, I think that's why they made such a big deal o- over like this figure, like, but there's so many of them. It's not a rare figure. It's not hard to find. No, it's you not. It, it's not rare. And that's why I was just like, okay, guys, I get it. But it's not a rare figure. Like I've bumped into these figures too. Right. But the fact that they just went up in price, like the very next day, I was like, "Of course, of course, it's gonna well, go up so in price." I don't want to wish ill will on anybody, but the next celebrity that dies, you know, tomorrow or the next day or in the next week or whatever, as Google, go on eBay and and search for their autographs, and there will be hundreds of there. It's it's like as soon as somebody dies, they just dump everything. You know, it's like okay. Like when Jeremy Bullock died or, you know, who was the uh, actor who played Boba Fett, you know, or when um, I'm trying to think of another like big name that like passed away in the past couple of weeks. Like all these people just start dumping, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, come on, like have some respect. He just like the body's not even cold yet. And you're like selling your autographs. 
Well, speaking of autographs, man, so there's a podcast that I listen to called Yes Have Some Podcast, and uh, Craig Goldberg, which is one of the hosts, uh, it's Craig Goldberg, Abigail Garner, and Jacob Walsh, but Craig Goldberg, uh, he's a fellow toy collector like us, and he's been getting into the um, Star Wars, like, autograph collecting, uh-huh. and I guess he got, like, a pack of cards, and when he opened up one of the packs of the cards, there was a Han Solo autograph card nice. and there was a video of this on their on their YouTube page and he went insane when he opened it now yeah. I don't know a lot about autographs I mean I got a couple autographs you know hanging on my living room living room wall from you know Dan Aykroyd and Tommy the Green Ranger and stuff but like I didn't know that that card because the reason that card and the reason why he went crazy is because you know, uh, Harrison Ford, he signed multiple, multiple things, multiple things with his autograph on it. But I guess this one picture of him, you can't find this one picture. And he has it. And I guess, like, when I was listening to the podcast, they were offering him thousands of money for it. Now, I just re- I just recently listened to one of the last episodes, and he ended up selling the card. Yeah. Now, Craig never mentioned how much he sold it for. But he said they offered him a pretty hefty penny for it. Yeah, it could have been like a one-on-one. It could have been a special card. I mean, Harrison Ford cards, you know, Harrison Ford is a premium. Harrison Ford did sign some stuff, but not until recently. So, like, if you bought Star Wars products in, you know, 2000, 2005, you know, I would say probably up to, like, 2010, 2013, he wasn't signing. So you you could get Carrie Fisher. You could get Mark Hamill. But you couldn't get Harrison Ford. Oh, so okay, okay. Harrison Ford finally started signing, like in the big name Star Wars products, in like uh, I want to say probably 2014, somewhere around there. And then I think it was like Star Wars Galactic Files one was when it was like okay, you could get a Ford, and they they made a big deal out of that, like you could get a Harrison Ford auto. And then since then, he'll sign, but he'll only sign like. 20 cards you know in a set whereas like hamill and fisher you know when they well when fisher was alive fisher would maybe sign 200 you know ford ford was the premium to get you know so if it was a one-on-one i don't doubt that this card sold for stupid amount of money because that's the market right now oh my god it's just so (laughs) sometimes i i tell myself Aaron, i'm like Oh, why am I a collector? There's just so much stuff out there. Obviously, my main love and my main focus is toys. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, yes, I do a little bit of the retro thing gaming. Not as much, but a little bit. But my love is toys. I try to keep up with everything else. But there's just so much stuff out there that if I bumped into it, I'll get it. But speaking about getting things and putting more money into things. Oh, my God. NECA, you're killing me right now. You are killing me right now. Aaron, you sent me the picture of this, and I was at work, and literally they had to put a defibrillator on me because my heart was about <laughs> to go exploding out of my chest. Straight Mortal Kombat style. Like, okay, NECA is doing a loot crate. Now, I'm going to pull this up so I can explain this because this had me going crazy. Now, there are four crates. Crate number one, you get... Danny from the movie. And for those of you who have not seen Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the 1990 movie, shame on you. 
<laughs> pause this podcast right now and go watch that movie and then come back and listen to it. Danny was the son of the Channel 6 April's uh, uh, boss's uh, April's boss's son. And, you know, they came up with a Danny figure and it's a Loot Crate official thing. It's $50 with shipping. It was going to come out to like 65 bucks, but there are four crates. You get crate number one movie, Danny. Crate number two, arcade. And the arcade figure is that shark, that weird looking shark from the arcade game. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to be one of the figures. Uh, you also got a Mirage figure uh, from the old Mirage comics and a cartoon. Now, Aaron, I'm going to send this to you right now. And you tell me who you think that is because I don't know why. I think that's Ray Follette. It looks like Ray Follette to me, but I'm not sure. Tell me what you think. I'm, I'm looking at the uh, crate number four, and like you're gonna see like a green silhouette shadow. Um, if you scroll down, you'll see the crates, but you see Danny. Yeah. You see two the the shark. Yeah, the, the shark's Mar- definitely from the arcade game, right? right? Right, right. And now I'm looking at crate number four, and why does that look like Ray Fillet? So. That- it kind of looks like Ray Filet, but I I want to say that that may be superhero Donatello um, from the action figures or superhero Mikey. Oh, okay, that does make sense. Okay, because I see a cape. All right, it looks like some boots on him or something. But yeah, because Ray Filet didn't have boots; he had the big flippers. Right, 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 and and then. Guys, here's the kicker. NECA, you're, you're killing me. Here's the kicker. If you get all four crates, now they're $50 each, you get an exclusive NECA Scrag bonus figure. But you have to buy all four crates, which equals to a value <laughs> like $200. So, all right. I'm only going to get the Danny figure. That's all I want for my TNMT movie line pie. NECA, I love NECA. I think what NECA does is awesome. Their sculpting is amazing. Uh, April O'Neil is coming out with a movie figure. Uh, now, I've never done a Loot Crate before. Aaron, have you done Loot Crate before? I've done something similar. I have not done a Loot Crate, but um, my my wife has bought me, like, geek. they're called Geek Boxes. Okay. And um, they're, kind of, they're, they're similar. You know, you, you, I, I think the thing with Loot Crate is you at least know what you're getting in the loot crate, like they'll be like you'll know the theme, like the one that my wife bought. You know they're cool that you get kind of like all this like '80s '90s nostalgia stuff, and like I think loot crate you get like a T-shirt, you'll get like a pin, you'll get a couple of different things. But um, yeah, it, it it's it's cool. I I think um, I don't know if they're still doing like the subscription. Yeah, it looks like they're still doing subscription services. Um, so like you would get like one a month, you would pay X amount of dollars a month and then you would get that. Like, this is like kind of a NECA exclusive deal. Okay. Okay. Yeah, man. Like, listen, I wish I could buy a four, but I can't do 200 right now, but like I can at least do the Danny figure. I mean, I love NECA and the thing with NECA is that like, and, and, and Aaron, you know, I would not have the Krang. I would not have like the metal hat. I would not have some of the toys that I have right now if it weren't for you because where I live at here in great Massachusetts, um, for some reason, my Walmart and my Target, they're just hard to find. But New Hampshire, you you told me that you're finding these cranks like 
like M and M's, like they're everywhere. <laughs> the Krangs. Well, the, well, a couple weeks ago, I was the uh, the Splinter the Splinter two pack. I'm, I'm finding everywhere. Um, that, that they're like peg warming right now. I, I I wouldn't be surprised to see them on clearance in the next like week or two, because um, nobody nobody's buying them. But um, I don't know if you saw this, but somebody made a comment about NECA, and I said, okay, NECA, how many movie turtles figures are we getting this year? You know, and they commented back and they said at least ten. Wait a minute. There's at least 10 more coming out. Coming out this year. This year alone, there's 10 more coming out. Yeah. So I and, and I don't know if you've seen this yet. I was gonna bring this up. So talking about NECA. There there there's the new um super shredder uh variant. Oh yes, they're doing the shadow one that was the chef boy ID yes. uh exclusive. All right, so for those listening, if you didn't know, uh so back back in the 90s or early 80s late 80s uh you know when we were kids you had to actually mail in your proof of purchase so chef boyardee if you bought like i don't know how many cans it was you had to strip off the proof of purchase and send it in and you would get this exclusive shadow super shredder now he's all black um and what NECA did is that they did their own version now i am not gonna lie i'm picking this up because the paint details on this one, all black and shiny. Um, the original Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze, he's more purplish. And also, in the paint sculpt, in the details, you can see, like, the highlighted blacks that they did on him. But this one's all black. Yeah. This one's straight all black. And, yes, yes, I'm getting it. Thank you, NECA. My landlord's going to come and kick me out of the house because I have no rent money. <laughs> so. so, speaking – so, uh, since we're talking about Super Shredder, I – I've been a big fan of the Ninja Turtles franchise. I'm also a big fan of wrestling. And I found something out that I just, for whatever reason, I didn't know. And you can hate me, you could whatever. I didn't know that Kevin Nash played in the Super Shredder. Yes, it was Kevin yeah, Nash. Yeah, yes, I was yes, like, yes, I, yes. I, 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 the, uh, the other day my mind was blown. Like, because you never see his face, you never see him. And I'm right. like, okay, you know, and I was like, hold on a second. Kevin Nash, yeah, big, it's funny. Big Daddy, Big Daddy Diesel, right, is Super Shredder, and I was like mind freaking blown because I've had the chance to meet Kevin Nash a couple times at, at like Comic Cons and stuff, and I was like, oh, that's cool, I can see him, you know, like yeah, uh, like whatever. But if I'd known he was freaking Super Shredder, <laughs> I would have been like, all right, man, I gotta go up and get this guy. <laughs> yeah, you would have been like, hey, man, can I just get like an autograph or something? Like, I'll bring like a Super Shredder. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I actually found that out uh, last year. Like, I didn't even know that he was like Super Shredder either. Uh, um, either, I'm sorry. Uh, but uh, yeah, <laughs> somebody. <laughs> yeah, super shredder eater. <laughs> sir, <laughs> sir, what would you like on your food? Chef uh, Can I get some Chef Boyardee? Because I'm a super shredder eater. Yeah, I want to see if there's any of those on eBay. I want to see if there's any uh, uh, Chef Boyardee shredders. Listen, 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 Aaron. You know that everything's on eBay. Whatever you can think of. Yeah. Hey, can I get some 1975 uh, uh, Batman cereal or 1989 Batman cereal? Whatever you can think of, somebody must have it out there. Yeah, don't, yeah, nice. hey, and don't forget, if you order these Chef Boyardee's, Aaron, hey, if I'm hungry and I want some lunch, you better pour some Chef Boyardee out for me. 
Oh hell yeah, hell yeah. We'll, we'll do it up, man. And I'll I'll, uh, I'll bring my little Coleman stove at the flea market, and we'll have we'll have a little feast. There you go. Yeah, sealed there you go. sealed super shredder because it came in a little baggy because it was a mail away figure. <clears throat> Nine hundred dollars. Nine hundred dollars, and that's that's sold. Okay, all right. Again, like <laughs> we, again, anything retro, anything from the eighties and nineties, it it's just gonna be so expensive, man. Like that is insane. So I'm gonna pay nine hundred dollars for a can. Uh, is it the can of Chef Boyardee, or we're talking the figure? No, 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 the figure. Okay, I thought it was the can because I was gonna be like, okay. This better be a magical can of Chef Boyardee where like, you know, just like the beans from Jack Jack and the Jack and the Giant when he bought the beans. Yeah. I wanna I wanna see something grow out of this, man. Or no, give me something. You can buy a can of nineteen ninety five Chef Boyardee, an empty can for fifty three dollars. <laughs> uh yeah. I, <laughs> it's got the Ninja Turtles logo on it with meatballs. Well, you know what? Now that you say with meatballs, I might just jump in on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god but speaking of like toys and and collecting uh let's talk about this new masters of the universe uh series that's coming out and Evan, have you heard about this so kevin smith has a new netflix masters of the universe series coming out uh it's called revelations and it takes place right after the 1980s now i'm gonna be honest and please don't shame me everybody on this podcast i haven't seen every episode of the Masters of the Universe, the original 80s classic series, um, because you have the Filmation, and then you have the one right after Filmation. Um, so I got to catch up and watch that. But uh, Kevin Smith is saying that this is a re new episodes following that series. Not only that, but we have another He-Man and the Masters of the Universe show coming to Netflix, and that's more gears towards kids. Aaron, do you think that there's going to be a problem with having two He-Man series, both on Netflix, one for kids and one for the adults? No, I don't think so. Netflix does a pretty good job of, um, as long as you have like a kid's account, you know, um, kind of siphoning out stuff that's meant for kids and stuff that's not meant for kids. Um, because like I have a, uh, my son has his own like little Netflix account that he can go and like watch his shows on. And you know, you can't, you can't watch anything now. You better watch your kid. Cause obviously the first thing that pops up is I don't, I'm, I'm guessing you could set a password for Netflix. I'm not sure though. I mean, we don't have one on ours. Cause like, obviously he can select my account, my wife's account or his, account, right. Right. You know? So like, obviously if he selects my account and starts watching He-Man, then, uh, you know, I get pissed. Cause like every once in a while he'll select my account, but we'll start watching his damn cartoons. So like all of like my recommendations for like that next month will be like these like little kid shows. <laughs> your son. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You catch your son and he goes onto your playlist and you're like, wait a minute. I didn't see army babes with giant guns <laughs> i'd probably give him a high five i'd be like yeah good choice buddy um no, oh man like uh you know it's i think i think netflix does a good job with that but no i think that you know having two series run concurrently i mean look at the transformer series i mean how many different transformer series you know war for cybertron and yeah, you know all this yeah. other stuff that they released on netflix that kind of are in two different universes or kind of don't kind of follow each other back to back to back. I think it'll work. And I think it'll be good for, 
the adult collector and then maybe like you know if you have kids or you know want to share it with like your younger sibling or whatever you could be like hey let's watch the little kid version of he-man and introduce them to the toy line or introduce them to the stuff that you collect yeah yeah that's awesome man yeah um i also saw that the new figures uh so okay aaron i showed you this the action figures for the He-Man and the Masters of the Universe line, uh, now the kid show, it's going to be premiering on Netflix. Look at that Battle Cat. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Battle Cat looks like he just came out from the future, man. And, like, He-Man has a tiny little head with a huge body. Again, I know this is made for kids. You know, it's not geared towards adults, but, like, and what do you think about that sculpting? Like, uh, and, 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 like, listen, Mattel... We know that Mattel had to use other parts because tooling is, tooling is expensive when it comes to toy making. And like that He-Man was was a Frankenstein He-Man <laughs> taken from other parts. Yeah. So I, I, I we talked about this a little bit. I think that they used the sculpt from the He-Man 2000 line um, and they basically kind of retooled that. I, I, the shoulders look different. You know, and everything, but that damn battle cat, the first picture that came to mind was Space Ghost and uh, the character Brack, because <laughs> you see, you see this, the, the guy's, the guy, he's, you know, battle cat has that helmet on. <laughs> yeah. And then he's got these jaws, but the jaws <laughs> are like this underbite, overbite kind of thing going on. And it just uh-huh. looks ridiculous. So I just immediately, I, I was like, man, this looks like the guy from Space Ghost. It really does look like Brock, man. Like that battle cat looks insane, man. And for yeah. those that have not seen this, uh, me and Aaron are looking at the pictures right now. Yeah, battle cat just looks crazy. It, it's just like it's not a good uh, sculpt. It, it is. It is not good. Like I, I'm not gonna be buying these figures. Obviously, um, I'm more into the Masters of the Universe Origins. And speaking of the Masters of the Universe Origins, Aaron, did you see that Castle Grayskull came out? I like how your voice got real deep there. That was kind of like, and speaking of the masters of the universe origins. Yeah. I, I, I saw somebody posted that um, they, I guess it, it was a target in Canada or something. I guess they, they showed a picture that it was in stores, but it was, um, it was released in Canada. It hasn't been, hasn't made it to us shelves yet. Yeah, it hasn't. And you know, what's crazy. So I'm on the Walmart site right now. It's out of stock. Oh, of good bots. It's already out of stock, and it's seventy four ninety seven. Now, it's Castle Grayskull, but it's a smaller version of Castle Grayskull. I was about to say, how much? I mean, how much does a Castle Grayskull? Because we see them all the time. Yeah, we see all the time at the flea market. We we run into those things like. I don't know if I'd buy a new one for $75 when you can get it probably, you know, it's probably not going to be complete, but at least mostly complete for $75. Well here's why people are buying it it's because it comes with a uh exclusive princess oh go figure yeah it comes with a special edition temple of darkness sorceress so you can only get this sorceress if you buy the whole castle grayskull see i hate i hate that oh exactly you have to to buy this to get the exclusive figure yeah come on like so and, and as and and being myself being a completist and I would probably freaking if I collected He-Man I'd be like okay I got to buy it for this stupid figure but like I don't know like for $75 that thing better better <laughs> better come with some electronics or yeah something I mean something new 
Yeah, because for to, for for collectors, if you have the original vintage Castle Grayskull, like you said, you're only paying seventy four ninety seven just for the special edition Temple of Darkness Sorceress. Right. I mean, you're just paying seventy five bucks for her. Right. I mean, that's it. Now, if I was a massive collector of masters, then I would okay buy it, but then just sell the castle. Right. You know, try to try to make some money back because that is ridiculous, man. And I'm sure you're gonna see that. So, like, I'm looking at one right now that's sold a vintage one, near complete. I mean, it looks like it's got 99% of the pieces. $122 with shipping. You know, so like for I fifty dollars, for fifty dollars more, you can get the vintage one that's bigger, that's probably yeah. got more pieces, and that actually will fit your figures properly than the new one. And I mean, I don't know that price tag. I think I think you're going to see a lot of those on shelves. Yeah, yeah. The only way I will pick one of these up because I do love the box art. I think the box art will be a good display. Sure. If sure. the if the price goes down to like thirty bucks, maybe even forty. I might pick this up, but I I'm would, not gonna. I would say for forty dollars, I would pick it up if if I was a, you know, He-Man collector. Yeah, forty bucks seems like a reasonable price, but like I, I just don't see myself dropping seventy four ninety seven. I have a Ventures Castle Grayskull right behind me. I, I mean, it's not complete, but I have an original Ventures Castle Grayskull. And so, what did you pay for that? Ten dollars. Exactly. <laughs> ten dollars. Flea market fine, man. It was ten bucks. So, and I probably saw five, if not six, over the course of the summer. You that's know? yeah, that's ins- yeah, we always run into these. They're everywhere. These castle gray skulls. It's you know what the castle gray skull is? Castle Gray Skull, it's like if you're a retro video game hunter and you keep bumping into Super Mario Brothers or NES. <laughs> that's yeah. Yeah, yeah, Castle Grayskull is the Super Mario Brothers of vintage toy collecting. I mean, it's just everywhere, man. But speaking of other things that are on the news, uh, we have a movie that just came out on HBO Max. I have not seen it. Aaron, you you watched it. You watched it. And I want to get your opinion on it because I am watching this movie tomorrow. And that is the new Tom and Jerry film on HBO Max. Aaron, what's your review of this film? Uh, <laughs> oh god! So, so I would. I, I'm not. I was not a fan. Um, okay. Let, let Let me rephrase that. Okay. If you just cut it to the point of the vintage Tom and Jerry, kind of the shenanigans that they get into, right? The s- slamming Tom's fingers in the windows, the kind of Tom getting electrocuted, Jerry kind of doing his kind of funny laughs and, you know, jokes and stuff like that. Yep. No, no words needed. The old school slapstick cartoon that they put into this movie. Okay. 10 out of 10. Okay. Now with that being said, it was an hour and 40 minutes and you probably that seems a little bit too long for a Tom and Jerry film. You probably only have 15 minutes of that slapstick comedy in the movie. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. 140 that's 140 pages of script cuz each page is a minute on a script. Uh-huh. So you're telling me that out of 140 pages, there's only like 15 pages or 15 acts. In that whole film with Tom and Jerry, 
Yeah, I mean, Tom and Jerry are involved, but there's right. this other grandiose storyline about this wedding that's happening at this grand hotel and how, they, how they're how they trying to, you know, make this hotel perfect. And there's a main character, um, I can't remember, I don't even remember her name, that's how memorable <laughs> she was, and she kind of like lies to get a job and then kind of works her way into working with Tom the cat, Okay. So it's really weird. It's really strange. The whole movie is based off of throwing a wedding in a hotel, and it's not even really based on Tom and Jerry. It's based off of, like, this girl's story. It's it's strange, man. It's weird. Like, I would rate it, like, a 3, three out of 10. Like, it's it's good for the parts that, like, Tom and Jerry, like, my son was laughing. He wa- He's been wanting to watch this since they showed it up on cartoons. I will say the introduction is awesome. Okay. Uh, they they brought the pigeons back, um, nice. you know, and these pigeons are kind of like singing a rap song at the beginning, and it's really cool, and kind of the the intro is cool. But the movie, you're just kind of like, it just felt you like it's not a Tom and Jerry movie. It's like Tom and Jerry weren't even the main characters. Kind of like when we talked about Transformers. Yeah. And yep. you know. You only saw the Transformers for 20 minutes out of the you know movie because it was more like a story about Sam Witwicky. Yeah. That's what this was. It was a Tom and Jerry movie that was not about Tom and Jerry. Oh, man, you see that 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 hurts, man. Because here's the thing, and and Aaron, you know this, man. We watch movies all the time. Why is it that when Hollywood makes a film, right, of either a comic character, cartoon character, or a character that is not human that has to be CGI? Or computer generated, the plot is always the same. All right. For example, generic character, you know, a raccoon that's a cartoon character. Hey, guess what? We're going to send him in New York City. Hey, guess what? He's lost. Hey, guess what? He has a human friend. Yeah, that's going to be the plot right there. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, same thing with Smurfs. Smurfs with, with Gargamel. You know, Gargamel was what's his name from all the Simpsons who does the voiceovers. Um, you know, the Smurfs were set in New York City. Gargamel was after them. Sonic uh-huh. the Hedge, Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic the Hedgehog was a great film. Here we go, another CGI character who's put in this town. He meets a guy who's a police officer. They both help each other. Now we have Tom and Jerry. Hey, guess what? Let's set them in New York City. It's always the same thing. Let's put these characters in New York. California, they meet up with friends. Can we just get just put them in their regular cartoon setting? Like, what is the problem? Yeah, do we I, have I, to have all this other stuff going on? I don't know. And it was, it, I was like, I was excited for the movie because my son was so excited for the movie because you watch the, the, the trailer and it's Tom and Jerry being Tom and Jerry. You know, like, you're like, okay, yeah, this is going to be funny. It'll be cool. Like, whatever. Obviously, there's some story. But, like, I will say there was one cameo that I did kind of like. Um, I won't say who it is, but it is um, in the, the scene in the dog pound. And, um, you know, I was like, okay, it made me chuckle. It made me laugh. It was a cameo of an older cartoon character. And um, not going to say who, not going to give it away because I know you haven't watched it yet. But just keep your eye out um, tomorrow when you watch it in the dog pound scene. There's a little hidden cameo there. Oh, nice. Well, I'm going to watch it. You know, I'm going to burn my eyes after I watch it tomorrow. I mean, so, I like, my son enjoyed it. But, like, it, it, to me... It was like if it's a Tom and Jerry movie, it needs to be kind of slapstick. It needs to be whatever. Obviously, you know, we us as kids, we can watch 20 minutes or 15 minute shorts yep. and Tom and Jerry just running around the house. 
you know, and like trying to, you know, hit each other. You know, the dog what was the dog's name? Butch. Butch yep. is in it, you know. But, it, you know, so they, they brought back the key components, but like, damn, like it could have been so much better. Like, if it was just two hours of Tom and Jerry running around beating the hell out of each other, I would have watched that all day long. But I don't know. I feel like they just missed the mark because they didn't make it about the character, like you said. Just Hollywood being Hollywood. Yep, I I definitely agree with you on that. Speaking of Hollywood, man, uh, now another thing that's in the news right now when it comes to movies is Zack Snyder's Justice League, uh, uh-huh. the remake. Uh, we all know everything that happened last year about Zack Snyder saying he was going to remake it. Nobody believed him. It's actually coming out on HBO Max March 18. But here's what's going on with the film. Originally, Zack Snyder was supposed to shoot this for IMAX theaters with an IMAX camera. Now, I'm not going to get too technical with the whole thing, but when you shoot a movie for IMAX, the actual picture has to fit on that IMAX screen. And that screen is, you know, 137. You know, it has to be a, a big enough aspect ratio to fit everything that you're filming in there. Now, Zack Snyder shot the movie in film. I thought he shot it digitally. He actually spent film 35 millimeter that's something that that i just did not know i didn't think that directors were still shooting with 35 millimeter film because it's expensive to shoot with film it's actually cheaper to shoot with digital now here's the whole thing that's going on that has the internet in a tit roar right now so Zack snyder is releasing his hbo max movie with the aspect ratio of 4x3, which is the old CRT TV style from the 90s, sitcom show VHS style with the black bars on the side. Now, a lot of people are having this kind of complain about it, but if you're our age and you grew up in the 80s and in the 90s, that's literally how everything was with those black bars. Now, once we get into you know the 2000s, everything was digital. We started getting the aspect ratio, you know, with the bars, the 16 by 9 with the bars, you know, the black bar um, in the bottom and the black bar on top. Now, Zack Snyder said that the reason why he's doing that is because when you get those black bars from the bottom or from the top, you're actually cropping out stuff. Mm -hmm. Stuff is being cropped out. So, you know, shooting it this way, he wants to make sure that his DC superheroes, you can see everything that's going on, especially when they're flying. The whole and package. That was one of the <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I want I want to see that. I want to see that Dark Knight package. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, but yeah. Man. So that was the that was the whole deal with that. And uh, I don't know, Aaron. How do you feel about this, man? I, I'm. I mean, I I enjoy movies. I enjoy movies for what they're worth. But I'm I'm also big into nostalgia. So, you know, like. If you're telling me that there's a chance that this is going to be released on VHS and I could pop it into my old VHS player and put it on CRT TV, hell, I think that's a brilliant marketing idea. You know, because like how many like of us 80s kids still have a VHS player in our house? I, I know do- my my son has one in his room and he loves it because we go to Savers and he can get a movie for a dollar, you know, like yep. or 50 cents or whatever it is. So like, you know, I think something like that is great, but you know, I mean, I know that everybody's like, oh, it's got to be widescreen. I hate like when widescreen first came out, I hated widescreen. All my DVDs were full screen. You know, that's that's how that's how I I preferred watching it. 
I didn't like the black bars. I didn't like the widescreen. Now everything, yeah, now yeah. anything you buy is widescreen. Widescreen, yeah. So, you know, and I get that. And I understand he's trying to release this for IMAX. It was meant for IMAX. I don't know why the hell you would try to do it with IMAX with the pandemic because nobody's going to the movies anyways. Cinemark's closing all of its locations. Um, you know, AMC's AMC, but you know what I mean? Like, I, I understand the idea and concept behind it. I now we could look back at this, you know, a year from now, two years from now, and then all of a sudden this is the new thing because we all know that everything's cyclical, right? Right. Every, you know, bell bottoms are back in, and you know, '90s tees are back. You know, I'm I'm just using that as examples, but everything comes back full circle. What's to say that Zack Snyder is kind of at the forefront of being like, you know, what this aspect ratio is going to make a comeback? You know, like, and then people start filming in this aspect ratio, you know? I mean, you, you're not, you're not wrong, Aaron. You're not wrong because it, it just takes that one person to make something trendy again. Like you said, you got people still watching VHS stuff and, you know, Zack Snyder making this aspect ratio four by three, going back to that old school look. Like, I mean, I honestly, I think it's cool. I don't have a problem with it and it might start a trend and, uh, just so everybody knows, there's going to be two versions of this film. There's going to be the one that's in color, and he's also doing one in black and white. Mm-hmm. All black and white. So, yeah, I'm excited. I'm going to watch it. I, I, I'm going to be honest with everybody listening right now. I've never seen the original cut of Justice League because for all those that don't know, Zack Snyder was the one that started filming first. What ended up happening was um, and it's pretty sad. He got a phone call that his daughter committed suicide. Hmm. So he had to go take care of that. And when he left to go ter- take care of that, Josh Whedon took over for filming. And what happened was Josh Whedon changed everything that he did. So the whole movie, when it was over, it wasn't the vision that Sna- Zack Snyder wanted because he had to leave in the middle of it and then Josh Whedon took over. Mm. So, you know, I'm I'm curious to see how this is going to come out. And I know that every reviewer, every nerd, every pop culture person already wrote the review. (laughs) The review is done already. Yeah. And I already know they're just going to smash it in because I have a feeling that either people are going to love it or they're going to hate it because DC versus marvel thing there's always this whole dc versus marvel well i don't know d it just seems that dc just seems to drop the ball every time every time and i'm not going to get into this but like with the exception of like the original like dc like of course batman 1989 batman michael keaton batman and batman returns were phenomenal but they were directed by tim burton who's really dark, who's really edgy, who's re- like, like, I mean, that part where freaking Oswald Cobblepot bites that dude's nose off terrified me as a child. Terrified me. And he's like, got the f- dude's blood in his, you know, mouth Amazing. and everything. But like, that's the villain that you need in a Batman movie. You know, yep. that's the villain that you need. And so like, and now, you know, like, watching some of the newer DC-like stuff, it is so damn kid friendly 
And it's like, okay, make it make it not kid friendly. Like my son watches like Aquaman all the time. He loves it. You know, it's like, all right, Aquaman. It's a great movie. Don't get me wrong. But it is so kid friendly, and there are so many ways that they can make like Aquaman just stab somebody like straight up with his freaking trident, you know, and just like make yeah. it so much darker than what it, you know, what it could be. But like, I don't know, DC, like Marvel kind of, you know, wavers that line. Marvel, you know, they, they can kind of go and hit some dark subjects every once in a while, but they'll bring it back and whatever. But I don't know. I mean, I think that, I think that. Whoever is allowing, and I, I, I should ask this question. I'm guessing, did he say, "Hey, I want to finish the movie after X amount of years of this going on"? Yeah. So apparently, apparently, from what I know, is that like he didn't like the way it came out, um, and he was telling Warner Brothers if he can go back and change it. Um, but and, is he is he funding it or is Warner Brothers? No, it? I believe it or not, Warner Brothers. And this is why I was very, very, very surprised by this because I think they already spent like, oh my god, I I forgot the numbers of like like this remake. But think about it this way, Aaron. I don't think since I've been on this earth, I don't think that I've heard of a studio literally telling a director like, okay. You can remake that movie. The movie right. came out. The movie already ready. Uh, that's like you watching Star Wars, the first the first movie of Star Wars. Yeah. It comes out. George Lucas is like, you know what? That didn't come out the way I like it. Then he tells the studio, hey, I need like another 50 million. I want to make it the way. And then they actually give him 50 million to remake right. the same movie. That is that is great. I've never heard of that. I'd say the only thing that's comparable, but it's not really comparable, was like the Sonic the Hedgehog movie last year right, that came right. out. Because like I remember when they, I remember seeing the commercials, like the commercials for like the original Sonic, like I guess CGI was terrifying. It was like the worst CGI <laughs> yeah, I had ever I seen. And and I remember yeah. I remember seeing commercials on TV. And then you don't hear anything, and right. I guess they, I guess they got such bad reviews of that character yep. that the, the company went back and they, they went, the company went bankrupt. I mean, that's the, the the CGI company went bankrupt because they had spent so much money retooling that movie to make Sonic look like the Sonic in the video games, and they yeah. had to redo the whole movie because of how badly reviewed that that cgi ver that's the only thing i can compare it to but it's it's not like the movie was released and then they said oh we're gonna release a whole new movie the movie was done you know it was ready for release and then it got such bad reviews that they went back and redid it but yeah i can't see that being like oh yeah you know what we're gonna make this movie again you know and but you you have free reign yeah it's just crazy man like hey I'm going to watch it just like everybody else. Aaron, I'm sure you're going to watch it. It's four hours long. Now, here's... <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to watch it if it's four hours long. Yeah, it's 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 four hours long. We're so talking about was... Lord of the Rings Extended Edition. Oh, my <laughs> God. Like, 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 oh, my God. So I think what I'm going to do is I might watch probably like an hour here, an hour the next day. I don't think I can sit down. Well, hold on. Because I do binge watch like Netflix series, but like to sit down and we'll just watch a whole movie straight four hours. 
I don't know. I'm going to try to do it. If not, I'm going to do it in part. Come on. <laughs> Come on, Steve. So be a little wet, man. Come on. I know you sat down and watched all seven Harry Potter or eight Harry Potter movies all at once. Actually, I did try to do that. But I, <laughs> but I, I, I did I, I did, did do the whole WandaVision series all in one hit. So. Shit. That come, oh, that came out tonight. Oh. Yes. Yes. WandaVision episode eight. Can't wait. I'm uh, watching that too. But that's for another podcast. But yeah. anyways, we're about to finish up right here with our top five. And uh, speaking Aaron, of remakes, right? They cut, they cut, they cut, they fed into it nicely. Remakes. Oh, there you go. What's what? What? What are we talking about? We're talking about. So, I wanted to talk about the five TV shows, whether it's TV shows, cartoons, whatever. Uh, that that would be if we could remake them today. Because everybody's coming out with like all these shows that came out, you know, Animaniacs came came back, yep. you know, um, you know, we've talked about the reboots that that are, you know, Masters of the Universe reboot, all these reboots that are coming back. If we had our choice, what would our top five reboots be that we would choose to bring back? Ooh, man. So I am not going to lie, Aaron. I was like thinking so hard because there's so much stuff I want to come back. But I wanted to come back done well yeah. because a lot of the a lot of the stuff that we had as kids that has come back, and you know I always got to keep in mind that listen, this is not being made for the mid thirty to early forty year old guy. This is made for a new generation. That's why with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles they changed the designs, He Man they changed the designs, Thundercats they changed the designs, Voltron because they're trying to aim it for a new generation, and I get that, but. Sometimes it hits me in my heart a little bit where it makes me want to cry when I see my my favorite stuff from back then just being changed, you know? Well, so, do you remember speaking of Ninja Turtles, I'm not that mean to cut you off, but do you remember that it was it was like after Ninja Turtles 3, they tried to make like another Ninja Turtles, but they, they didn't have the sculpts from Jim Henson, and it was the stuff that like nightmares were made of. That's right. <laughs> they didn't have the sculpts. Yes. It was, it was so freaky. So like you're like, oh, this stuff from my childhood to be made right. And they made that so wrong. Oh my god, I remember that. They didn't even have the sculpts. Yeah. And then they came out with that bad, bad Ninja Turtles live action, the next mutation thing. Yeah. With a Venus, the girl turtle. Yeah, the girl oh. turtle. <laughs> What is going on, man? Oh my God! Anyways, that's a no. That's another rabbit hole we can get into. But yeah, so we're gonna get into these top five '80s or '90s uh, cartoons and TV shows that we would love to see a remake of. And uh, Aaron, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Uh, I'll I'll let you go first. I think I went went first last time we did this. All right. So this is an '80s cartoon. It's already out. They already done a remake, and it's for kids. But I want this to be adult oriented. Put it on Netflix. I want to hear cursing. I want to. He- I want to see blood. I want to see this come back for us, the people, us in our mid thirties to early forties that grew up with this, and that is Thundercats. Yeah. I want an adult oriented Thundercats. I mean, like, listen, there was some adult stuff in those cartoons in the eighties that just went through our heads because we didn't know we were young back then, eight, nine, seven years old. But like, to see a Thundercats done right for netflix put it on netflix put it on hbo max but come on man i want to see those cats purr 
right. Well, uh, are you talking about furries? Or are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you could search Thundercats on a certain website, and you'll probably get some <laughs> some Chitara lookalike. <laughs> oh, bad! <laughs> You're talking about Thundercats purring. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, no, I, I, man, you know me, I'm a huge Thundercats fan. I think if they had, you know, freaking Mumra coming out and just like freaking slicing, dicing, like almost like a Ninja Scroll anime back in like, you know, the early 90s, you know, I, I think if they made it that sort of like adult anime style, I think it'd be freaking fantastic. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Um, my top five, I think if they did it right, I think it would be really popular. Um, uh, my my first one. I feel like we need like an intro, like top five, 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 five. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do need an intro. I'm gonna work on that. Um, is uh, Darkwing Duck. Um, Ooh. I, I I just the the villains in Darkwing Duck, the 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 theme song, the catchphrase, everything about the show. I think if they brought it back, you know, whether it's kind of like. Like you said, kind of maybe like a um, for a more adult audience, maybe have it a little bit darker, you know, a little bit, a little bit more, you know, violence in the show. I think that that cartoon could be really successful as a franchise because you already have such a big cult following with Darkwing Duck. Yeah, you do. And I'm one of them. I love Darkwing Duck. I am the terror that quacks in the night. I am the <laughs> evil dean that takes your students away. I am. And you know, I used to love that show because Goslin was always the one solving all the cases for him. Yeah. Like he was just a, a buffoon. Like he didn't well, know what he was. Inspector Gadget and Penny. Penny solved the cases all the time. You, right. You know, right. And, and Inspector Gadget just kind of fumbled into it. Uh yeah, and I think uh what is it? Super Seven's doing a Darkwing Duck figure, by the way. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but anyways, yeah. Oh man, that that's awesome to see a Darkwing Duck coming back, but more adult oriented. That would be amazing. Um. So I have for my number four, that is Voltron. Now, here's the thing. Yes, we have a Voltron already remake on Netflix. It's a good show. Don't get me wrong. I've seen it. It's a good show. But I want the original. Voltron. I mean, the original show was really grimy, really, really adult oriented. It was an anime. Uh, it was Go Lion. They rechanged it. There was a lot of things they had to cut out from the Japanese version when they brought it to America. A lot of things that they couldn't show here on TV. But if we get a nice Voltron, you know, with that Castlevania anime style, the Castlevania show that's on Netflix right now. Something that looks like that, very adult-oriented, I think that would be amazing for a Voltron show, man. And, you know, just to see the lions combine and, you know, maybe like a little S-word here or F-word there or whatever, man. Just like something that's going to, like, come cater to us, man. I think Voltron will be amazing. It's funny you mentioned Voltron because uh, uh, on HBO Max, they have re-released all the Robot Chicken episodes from you know back in the day and like the second episode is like voltron and getting in a breakdancing battle and it is <laughs> i was dying it's all claymation oh, yeah. he's battling and... he's battling roe beast yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah i was awesome. I, that brought me it brought me back and I, I watched that the other day my wife was like what the hell is this and i was like man if you don't know about robot chicken you gotta watch robot chicken and so we watched a couple episodes but yeah that was that that'd be cool to to bring it back that's for sure that's awesome man 
So my number four, so I kind of went TV shows. Now I'm watching stuff with my son. I'm watching a lot of things and I'm thinking back to like my childhood, right? I'm thinking back like, damn, like, like what shows aren't on TV that used to be on TV all the time? Like, and at least that had an influence on me or impacted me as a kid that I would like to see brought back. So one of those shows, it was hosted by Mark Summers. It was on Nickelodeon. My my list is very Nickelodeon heavy. I'm just going to preface that. Is what would you do? Oh, that was a good show. show. Yeah, it had and a the, real catchy theme song. What 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 would you do? And then yes. like the, the slime yeah. will, will fall on you. Yeah, right. Or you would have to like pick a pick a number off the wall, or you'd have to go down the slide into the whipped cream pie, or you know, it was like, what would you yeah. do? Would you rather do this or rather do that? But it was a show with their parents and their kids. And would you would you pie your dad for a t shirt? You know, like it oh, was kind of like awesome. You know, and. And it just it made me think, like, there is no, like, live action shows. No, there isn't. That are based on, like, kids. Yep. Like, you know, I'm not going to go through my whole list, but, like, I remember shows like Wild and Crazy Kids. What would you do? You had all Legends of the Hidden Temple. You yep. had all these shows that were kid-oriented that, like, you know, it was lo- it was it was kids playing in the game shows. And now it's none of that. Like, um, Aaron, there's a great documentary. I don't mean to cut you off. It's called The Nickelodeon Years. And it's about Nickelodeon, how they started, how they first started. And Mark Summers is in it. And they talk about every show that we grew up with there. Yeah. Are you afraid of the dark? What would you do? Hey, dude. They yeah. go through Carissa, explain everything. They talk about everything. It's called Nickelodeon. The Nickelodeon years, uh, I mean the the Orange years. Nickelodeon, the Orange years. Okay. It's on it's on Amazon Prime. I saw it two weeks ago. It is an amazing documentary. Check it out, man. I will. I will. My wife's got Amazon Prime, so I'm gonna have to get her locked in. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna love it. Yeah. You're gonna love it. It brings us back to our childhood. But yeah, I haven't seen a show like Mark Summers. Like like, what would you do? Like, I remember like the song. Like you were saying, like what. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was catchy. It was catchy. Like we need, we need something like that because nowadays kids are not growing up with like. It's funny, man, because we grew up with so many things that it was like, like having fun and obstacle courses and going outside and playing with your friends. Where I understand times have changed and kids are playing more video games and staying indoors, but like technology. But man. That was a good show. What would you do? That's yeah. an awesome one for your number four. I love that, man. Okay, so for my number three, Aaron, we both grew up with this show. You started collecting for this show. As a matter of fact, last podcast, you picked up something from this show. WMAC <laughs> Masters. Yes. Now, here's the thing. This is my number three because I grew up watching martial arts jackie chan movies i was big into martial arts i did taekwondo did capoeira still do it to this day and i love martial arts and you know when watching wac wmac masters as a kid i'm like oh my god i mean think about it aaron like martial arts for us back then that's how they got us boys teenage mutant ninja turtles they're ninjas wamac masters oh they do martial arts. Mm-hmm. 
samurai pizza cats. They're samurais. They like pizza and they're cats. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, uh, surf ninjas. Like what? Uh, three ninjas. Three ninjas. Yeah. Three ni- so martial arts in the '90s was like this big, big thing for us, man. And it's like if I was to do this show and 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 take it back, like redo it now. I would bring back all these awesome martial artists that are in movies right now, like Scott Atkins or, you know, um, Latif Crowder, who is actually the stunt double for The Mandalorian. He does a lot of Capoeira stuff. So I don't know. I would love to see like a brand new WMAC Masters. And Aaron, what did you tell me uh, we were talking about? You said that most of those guys were in the first Mortal Kombat film. Yeah. 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 Chris Casamasa, um, uh, Hakeem, the Machine Alston, um, and I think there was a couple more uh, that, that that were in the show or at least played some part of the training of the show. Um, and speaking of that, I know we didn't get a lot to talk about it, but the new Mortal Kombat trailer just just came out. Oh, we're talking about I, that right after this. I, I just want to talk about one scene. Like, Go ahead. One scene, and that was fantastic. But, yeah, um, so – yeah, I mean, WMAC Masters, but again, it was a video game. Like, it was because you, well, it wasn't a video game, but you had the power meters of like the video game on the yes. side. So every yes. time you got hit, you lost some of your power meter. So, like, you know, I mean, again, as a kid, you're watching it. You're like, cool, you could get the concept of like the Mortal Kombat Street Fighter because they had the power meters, but it's not CGI. There's two people fighting each other, fighting the goons or whatever they were that kind of randomly popped up and you had to fight, Um, you know, and it was in a real world environment or at least a simulated real world environment. Yeah, that was that was an amazing show, man. Like, I love that show. And oh man, if I can see a remake of that, that would be amazing, man. But I'm so curious to see what your number three is. So my number three wasn't a really well-known show, but it was one of those shows that stuck with me. And it's still to this day, like, I don't know. It just has this, like, I don't know, something with me. I think as I watched it and I was in sports at the time, but my number three was pro stars. Oh my God! Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, and Bo uh, Jackson, and Bo Jackson, pro stars. It's just wow. it's something that resonated with me as a child, because back then, I mean, you know, we talked about trading cards and sports cards earlier. You know, like I collected baseball cards, I collected football cards, I knew a lot of p- football players because a lot of these baseball players, hockey players. I, I don't know. It was something different about the time. Like they, they were role models, you know? Yeah. Bo Jackson played football and baseball, you know? I mean, he was a freak of nature and he was amazing at both. He was one of the few besides Deion Sanders that was able to do that. That's you true. Know? Yep. That's and, right. And I think there was maybe only a handful more that have played two sports at the same time. And, you know, I just thought it was so cool where they would show kind of like them playing sports and then they would go to the cartoon. And like, I just remember that theme song. I think it was like the theme songs that like stuck with me as a kid. And I think if they've read made that today, like, let's say you took like LeBron, you know, cause obviously he's in the new space jam movie. You know, you, you took like your LeBron and maybe your Mike Trout and, you know, I'm trying to think of like the number one hockey player right now. I'm uh, Boston Bruins, Luchik. I don't know. But like, if you took 
people of like this high caliber and like put them into like a cartoon again you have kids looking up to something you have role models you know and they would always finish with like that damn psa because that was like <laughs> the you know the number one thing in the 80s and 90s you had right. to finish the episode with a psa you know but like when that when it's actually real people talking and not like gi joes you know like i don't know it had that it had that different impact Right. Like if it's Bo Jackson telling you to don't do drugs, you're like, okay, thanks, Bo. You know what? I'm not going to go do drugs. You know, like, yeah, you know what? That's so true. And and I don't think we see that a lot anymore. Even now, like, I don't think kids are getting that like that sports. I mean, kids still look it up to sports stars, but we're not seeing like, I don't know who like a LeBron James. Like, hey, don't forget to eat your Wheaties, kids. Wheaties is part of a good, healthy, uh, nutritious breakfast. Yeah. Wow. Thank you, LeBron. Like, you know, we, like we don't see we don't see any of that anymore. And pro stars, I can see how that can, you know, back for us as kids. Like, wow, Michael Jordan, like, like he's telling me to do this. Like, I shouldn't yeah. do this and I'm not going to look both ways to cross the street. You want to be like Jordan? Just make sure you look both ways when you cross the street. Yeah. Remember, kids. Exactly. Don't pick up your basketball in the middle of the street without having an adult with you. But they also had some cool shit, though, too. Like, I remember, like, Wayne Gretzky had, like, the hockey puck that was, like, exploded. Like, right. he shot it into a wall. Bo Jackson had, like, the super baseball bat that, like, yep, was, like, yep. a pole vault and then could, like – and then Michael Jordan had his, like, uh, his shoes that could fly. You know, and I was just like, I don't know. It's just – it was a different concept. It wasn't popular. I mean, I, I mean, it was popular, but, I mean, like, it didn't, like, go, like – season after season after season right, pro- right. i think it had like one season maybe maybe two but like i don't know just that show stuck with me and i feel like if they remade that today that would be something special oh my god that is a good number three aaron i wasn't expecting pro stars <laughs> like, <laughs> when you said pro stars that's one that i was not thinking that you were gonna have on your list at all but that's 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 a good one man all right so for my number three i have Dino Riders. Nice. And, okay, here's the thing. So, Dino Riders, I think, would be an amazing show if it was redone. I mean, think about... All right, let's, let's just think about this. Oh, I'm sorry. That is my... That's, I'm, I mean, my number two. We two. just said our number three. Two. So, my number two, I apologize to all the listeners. So, my number two is Dino Riders. So, if you have, if you have not seen Dino Riders, look it up on YouTube um, it was like these dinosaurs were like machine guns and all this armor and like the humans had to go against these aliens and it was just amazing, man. And like those toys are super, super expensive, yeah. especially on eBay. You're trying to get a complete T-Rex, oh, man, you better dish out like 1400 or a little bit more than that because they are expensive. Now, it's Jurassic Park mixed with Rambo. And that's all I got to say. <laughs> Jurassic Park mixed with Rambo, man. And, like, if they were to do Dino Riders again, straight action, that would be amazing. So, yes, my number two is Dino Riders. Nice. Yeah, that, that's definitely, like, if they remade that today and actually, like, put more time and more effort into it, I think that would take off. Because, I mean, Jur- the Jurassic Park franchise has gone crazy, you know, and... I don't know if you've seen the Jurassic Park um, Camp Cretaceous on Netflix. No, I haven't started that yet, actually. It's How great. Is that? It's, it's phenomenal. It's one of the best best animated stuff I've seen in a while, and b- both my wife and my son love it. I mean, we, we, we're, we caught up on season two 
you know, we finished season two um, this past, let's say, two weeks ago. And my, my son's like, when's the next episode? And I was like, you got to wait till season three. He's like, well, when's that? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> He's like, what do you mean? And I was like, now you know what we went through as kids. I <laughs> know, uh, right? Now you know. Now you know what's going on, man. Like, we have to wait. It's called waiting. Yeah, because it's not this instant gratification, you know? So it's it was, it was definitely an interesting moment for a parent. So my number two, it's, it's two shows, but they're the same concept. Okay. All right? So... Again, I'm going back to live action, right? Nick Arcade slash oh. Video Power because it was oh, the same concept. Yes, yes. Right? So Nick Arcade and Video Power, for those of you who don't know, were these game shows that – so Nick Arcade was more you – you had to have like some knowledge and you would play some video games like arcade style. But then you would play like video games as like uh, CGI, like almost like with a green screen where you had to jump and duck and like there would, you, would, you would collide with different things. It was almost like the first virtual reality where you're not actually putting on a headset but you're actually trying to play a game. Right, 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 right. And then Video Power was more of a um, quiz-type show. But the best thing about Video Power, so you, I don't know why they put up, you got these, like, pizza points, and it was from, like, Ninja Turtles and stuff. It was weird. <laughs> but you you wore, like, these, like, catcher's outfit, and they see the, I remember the the uh, um, uh, host of the show would stick these pizza points on you and with, like, Velcro. And so... At the end of the show, though, you got to run through like a KB Toys for like 30 seconds and you would stick as much crap as you could to your body because they all had Velcros on it. And then you had to go down the slide and whatever you stuck to your body. I mean, you're sticking like Batman, Ninja Turtles, <laughs> like all these video games, whatever you stuck to yourself and went down the slide. That's what you want at the end of the show. Ah, I remember that show, man. Oh, that was that's a classic, Aaron. Video power, Nick Arcade. You know what? They can actually do that right now. They could. They could. They could do that easily right now with kids playing video games. I mean, and and the 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 technology that's out there. If they brought back Nick Arcade, and again, it's a live show. There's no freaking cartoons. It's kids, and I I think that was the big thing. Where we're kids, and we're watching other kids compete on these TV shows. Right, right, and it's video games, the stuff right. that we're that we're doing. Like I wanted to go on that show so Nick Arcade. I was like, I could I, like these kids were like sucking. They couldn't duck. They couldn't hit it. I was like, I can do that. I want to go on the show. <laughs> My favorite is when the host was was like, so where you want to move, Bobby? I want to move him to the left. Bobby's moving left. Doom, 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 yeah, doom, 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 doom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who was the host? Oh man. Oh, uh, I forgot the name of the host from that show, man. But he was a classic, man. I think he's done. He's done other things besides oh, hosting. Yeah. Oh but, yeah. But oh my the god. Host of arcade. Who was it? Nick Phil Moore. Phil Moore. Yes. Yeah, he's actually on my Instagram. I follow him actually. Yeah, man. He. I think he has like a YouTube channel now. Yeah, like a, a pop culture YouTube channel. So. He he had the best, like, oh yeah, all right, we're gonna do this, you know. Oh like, <laughs> my god! Oh, Nick Arcade and Video Power, Aaron, that is a really good number two, man. <laughs> um, so here's my number one, because I freaking love the toys as much as I love turtles. 
this is a toy line that I love from Kenner so much, and that is Mask. Yes. Mask, I think, is one of my top favorite toy lines because you have G.I. Joe mixed with Transformers. And it's like these transforming cars that fly. If you guys have not seen Mask, you know what? Don't even watch the first episode. Just listen to the intro music. That intro is amazing and tells you everything on that show. Now, I don't care whether it's live action or animated. A live action would be amazing, though, if they can pull that off. But an animated Mask TV show now set here, it would be amazing. Mask for me is my number one. And again, like to have like somebody playing Matt Tracker, seeing a Thunderhawk fly, uh, you know, Vanessa Warfield's like vehicle, just seeing like the Thunder Tank, like just everything. I mean, Thunder Tank. I just said, uh, <laughs> that, that's, I'm sorry, that's th- that's Thunder Cats. Everybody's still thinking this, about like, the purge. <laughs> <laughs> everybody's like, mm, Steve, you're not a true nerd. You just mentioned something that's not mask related. Uh, but yeah, Mask is my number one, and I am so curious, Aaron, to hear your number one. I want to talk about Mask, though. If they could do a live-action Mask and actually have, like, the one thing that comes to mind is, like, the DeLorean with those, you know, the, the yes. doors that open up. Yes. If if they had Matt Tracker's vehicle that open up like that and then just freaking, oh, my you know, God. I mean, oh I think. Oh my God! I think just having like, because I mean, mask was it wasn't about the the people; it was about the vehicles. Because the vehicles were, you know, the coolest part of that show. And you know, but yeah, if you could do a live action of that, or like having the Rhino convert into the freaking missile silo, oh, or, you know, whatever. That would be. Go listen to our podcast on mask. Oh <laughs> uh, yes. Like, that was like one of our first podcasts. Yes, listen to the mass episode on the Toy Owl playlist. So my number one, again, the, there's a very Nickelodeon heavy theme. Started actually watching this on YouTube with my son. I wish that I could find it on DVD or something just because it was so iconic. And I just it, it just it brings me back. It brought back good memories and Nickelodeon guts. Oh, guts. Guts. That that show, I mean, it just, I think if you did it today, so many kids would want to participate. So many kids would want to be a part of it because it is, it was, I don't know. I mean, from the, the stupid Nerf bow and arrow that you had to stick to a target to paddling in the rapids to climbing the aggro crag, there was something oh. about that show with Mike O'Malley and Mo. Take it away, Mo. <laughs> and it was, we started watching it. My son was just glued. He's like, this is cool. And I was like, yeah, because it's kids competing and you know i I will say one thing i watched a little document it wasn't even a documentary it was like a five minute interview with michael malley he said he felt so bad for these kids because they kind of just picked them but they didn't give them any training they just kind of like stuck them in there and said go so that's why some of these kids sucked so bad at guts because they weren't taught anything like okay you're gonna jump off this bungee shoot this bow and arrow at the target okay good with that all right have fun there was no practice there was nothing it was just 
here's the stuff go so like we want just one oh episode and the kids try to paddle through the rapids but obviously he's never paddled a boat before so he doesn't know how to paddle and he's just going in a circle and it's like okay that's gonna be a penalty because he had to have one of the helpers assist him and the guy's like <laughs> feels so bad but you know like nickelodeon guts i wanted a piece of the freaking aggro crag so oh, bad oh man that's such a good show i used to watch that all the time in the afternoons on the weekends with my brothers man and That's they always gave them like cool nicknames. All right, this is Aaron the Bruiser Schmelzer, you know, or whatever, you know, like <laughs> yeah, all right. yeah. Is it, and Mike Michael Malley be like, all right, let's spill your guts, and they'd give him like this professional, like, all right, Aaron, his hometown is from you know Pembroke Pines, Florida, and blah blah blah, and it was like it was so cool that they gave him like this little kind of clip of like the kids and gave them kind of like their little superstar moment, you know. Oh, that is awesome. Oh, that's a good one, man. Oh, God. Man, you went down a Nickelodeon I did. history. I'm that on is... Nickelodeon freaking overload, man. I'm, I'm, I've been Googling Nickelodeon stuff all week. Well, guess what? You're going to have to watch that Amazon Prime. I am. That document, the, the orange years of Nickelodeon. So, um, so I have one uh, honorable mention. Yeah. And this is something that we grew up and I had to mention this. Uh, because I didn't know if I wanted it in my number one. It was either this or mask, but uh, PBS, and we all grew up with PBS public broadcasting. That is reading rainbow, okay. butterflies in the sky. I can go twice as high. Take a look. It's in, in a, a book. book. A reading, reading rain- rainbow. Oh, reading rainbow. Now, here's how you would do it for today. Now, instead of books, why don't you do comics, r- graphic novels, um, uh, e-books? You know, there's so much stuff that you can do now. It's because Reading Rainbow, it was set for kids. And then, like, it was always like, today's book is The Little Bear Drinks His Medicine by, <laughs> by Mark yeah. Thompson. Yeah. You know, and it was always like the book of the day. But, like, now you can do Reading Rainbow and you can just be like, Today's today's graphic novel is TMNT The Last Ronin. <laughs> That's what you would make it. <laughs> hey man, I'll make it I'll make it I'll make it not not for kids. Today's today's magazine is Hustler. <laughs> I'm sure there would be a lot of people that would want to watch that one. And we're gonna turn to page sixty-eight, sixty-eight, the bigum section. <laughs> Here's the centerfold, kids. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that would be hilarious, man. See, when you first said PBS, I'm like, oh man. I, the the first thing that came to mind because I can't remember if it was on PBS. It had to have been that or like some other educational channel was where in the world is Carmen San Diego. That's where I originally thought oh, you were going. Oh, there was a Fox TV show. Where is Carmen San Diego? That nineties TV show. Yeah. Oh man. Well, that I was remember. the cartoon, right? Yeah. On Fox. Yeah. yeah. On Fox kids. But then yeah. they had the, the, um, the, the, the live action, like Carmen San Diego, that was like a game show. Yep. Yep. Where in the world is, is Carmen, Carmen San Diego? Yeah. <laughs> and they had, I forgot the guy's names, but there was like that quartet that would like sing every once in a while. And uh, I, I don't know. I always got a kick out of that show. But yeah, I mean, there's so many 90s shows that yeah, like. There's so many that we grew up with that are just amazing. And uh, Punky Brewster's coming back, by the way. 
Uh, I mean, I think I think it's inevitable that most yeah. of this stuff is going to come back at some point. Yeah. But I just wish that there was more. I mean, having my son who just turned six, like I wish there was more kid oriented shows that showed kids doing stuff like we had when we when we were growing up. Yeah, that makes sense, man. I, I'm I'm really missing that, man. And, you know, there are times where I go on YouTube. I don't know if you do this, Aaron, but there's times where I go on YouTube and I'll look up like 90s TV show compilation and you can find like three hours of like cartoon shows from mm-hmm. ABC or ABC Saturday morning or Fox. Like people actually post these things up and you can watch your shows that you watch as kids on YouTube. So there's two 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 things to that. One is I've been I haven't done it yet, but I've been wanting to pull the trigger. Just buying old like VHSs, like not not ones that were produced, but like blank VHSs that people recorded shows of and kind of like their own little compilations of stuff. Oh, right, right, right. On eBay, like on eBay, they're really popular. And I just don't I haven't pulled the trigger on any of them, but I want to go back and buy like old VHSs and just see what's on it. Because like the old commercials, the old, you know, I bought a Nickelodeon magazine the other day just to look at the old you know, kind of advertisements right, and stuff right. that were in there. And um, so, like, that and I think just, like, going back and buying old magazines, like, just going back and buying the old magazines to see kind of what was, like, the thing yeah, back, back then. then. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I know that I've seen on eBay people have, like, 90s, uh, commercial compilations or like mm-hmm. 90s TV, 80s toy compilation of commercials. Right. So yeah, I, I've seen that, man. But that's awesome, man. Yeah, I'm gonna have to take a look into that too because I'm always watching them on YouTube. Like I, I'll be like an hour just watching 80s toy commercials for like an hour on YouTube, yeah. and I'm like, wow. But it makes me happy. I don't know. It just makes me happy seeing it. I'm just like, damn, this is this is awesome, you know? Well, because uh, it, it brings you back. Like, uh, I went on, a, I went down a Family Matters kind of uh, rabbit hole the other day, and I was watching because I watched the reunion, which is really good. If you haven't watched the Family Matters reunion, oh, I gotta watch that. No, it was it's on YouTube. It was free. Like okay. it was a couple. It was a couple years ago. But like, you just find out a lot about the show, and like. You know, kind of like not really a spoiler, but something that I didn't know. Urkel wasn't even part of the show originally. I didn't even know that. So they talked about it in the um, in the in the in the reunion. Yeah, he was he would I guess back then you had to get a live audience to come view the show. And okay. it, it wasn't it, it was kind of like they were just pitching it. So nobody was really like, ah, do I really want to go see uh a, a show about this kind of you know this premise right now because there's so many step by step you had all these other shows right yeah you, you know it, it kind of that family household you know sitcom so they couldn't get people to fill the seats so they brought like a fraternity in to fill the seats and i guess every time um steve's character spoke or did something the fraternity was like steve 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 and it was like, okay, well, what's going on? And the producers kind of took that as like a, oh shit, he was only scripted for the first episode, and oh, then they, wow. they re-signed his contract after that pilot, and then Urkel became a part of the show. Ah, so so you know the having the un the the university people, the varsity people there, you know when they saw that character come out. Yeah, they just they just went crazy. You know, it's funny because 
you're right, Aaron. Back then, things were filmed with a live TV audience, and nowadays, stuff is just filmed on a studio set, and you so don't even they, have studio. They'll, they'll add a laugh track. Yeah, everything's a laugh track, where back then, it was filmed live in front of a studio. I think Saturday Night Live still does that, of course. I can't really think of too many shows now that are filmed, because remember, every time we used to uh, watch a show back then, it would tell you, like, Family no, Madness was filmed live in front of right. a studio audience, but like yeah. you don't get that anymore. Wow, how how much things have changed, man. Well, you also gotta remember too, like a lot of those shows, like Universal Studios Hollywood, before it was a theme park, was a studio. And they had studios. Right, right. So like right. Universal Studios Orlando, that's where WMAC Masters was filmed. That's like, right. So they, they filmed it in kind of this theme park, but it was a studio. And now, like, when you think of Universal Studios, you just think of the theme park. Right, you know? right, right, right. Man, that's awesome, man. Man, we just went down a whole rabbit hole. Right <laughs> I know. Pushing push two hours and, what, ten minutes? <laughs> two hours and ten minutes, man. Well, we did have to catch up uh, for those listening who have stacked with us for these two hours because we didn't have a podcast show last time. And there was just so much going on on the news, toys, movies, TV shows. And we're going to leave off with... The Mortal Kombat trailer is going to be our last thing we talk about before we sign off. And oh my God, oh my God, fatality, finishing, babality, friendship, animality, all that stuff. I went crazy when I saw this trailer. Aaron, what were you thinking? I was thinking the same thing. I was loving every second of it. Interesting to see. It was Sub-Zero fighting Scorpion though, right? Yes, Yes. That was that was the only interesting thing to me. Like I'm like, why are they fighting each other? Because technically they should be fighting for the same realm. And that was like the the one that was the one thing that didn't make sense in the trailer. Right. But the first part where Sub Zero freezes, I think it was Jax. Jax, yeah, Jax. And he rips his freaking arms off, and I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. So so. Here's the plot, because the actual director of the film got interviewed. So, Sub-Zero, the whole plot, and he even said it. This is a Sub-Zero movie, by the way. This is all geared towards Sub-Zero. So, Shang Tsung knows that there's a Mortal Kombat happening, right? Yeah. They already know who's going to win. They know who's the winner of this Mortal Kombat. Shang Tsung sent Sub-Zero to kill every single person from Earth Realm that's entering Mortal Kombat. Okay. Now, they don't know which one of the Earth Realm fighters. Is it Jax? Is it Sonya? Is it Kano? Is it that new kid? So, Sub-Zero gets sent back. That's why we see Sub-Zero break Jax's arms. Because his mission, he's like a Terminator. Okay. His mission is to stop the Earth Realm people from coming into the tournament because they already know that one of them is going to win and they have to stop them. Yeah. So okay. the, the director said that this is a very, very heavily Gears of Zero movie. Yeah. Um, this and is that, why. This, and that's uh, what I noticed in the trailer. And, and like the second scene where he like makes the spear. Right. Cuts the guy and then freezes the blood. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I freaking lost it. I freaking lost it, man. And this is why in the beginning, in the beginning of the trailer, you hear Sonya say, 
we have to find this this terrorist. He's been whatever, whatever, whatever. Right. They're trying to find Sub Zero. Yeah. They don't know who this guy is, but he's going around killing all these people. Um. So he's working for Shang Tsung. But man, when I saw Shao Kahn's throne, yeah. And then when I saw Goro in the trailer, I freaking lost it, man. So I don't know, I don't know how accurate this is, but I heard kind of like you remember in the Star Wars where like. Like where you know Ray touches the lightsaber, and everybody was analyzing whose voice she hears right, like, when she right, touches right, the lightsaber. Right. I could have sworn I heard the original actor that played Liu Kang, uh, his voice in the trailer, like mm. almost that he was like the narrator. And I was like, oh, hold on. And I googled his name, and I don't know how to say his last name, but it was Robin Shao or Robin Shao. Yeah. yeah. He played he played the original Liu Kang. I don't know what it was, but I was like listening to it and I was like, is that him? Are they gonna is he gonna somehow be a part of this that like you know, like there's always that speculation, are they gonna right. bring back anybody from the original cast or are they gonna make a cameo or something? I could have sworn that it was his voice. I could have sworn. And go back and listen to it. Let me know what you think. Okay. But like it was almost in like the narration. And I was like, is that his voice? Is he gonna be in this? Because you know, obviously they have somebody else potentially playing Liu Kang, right? That's the guy with the, right. the tattoo. Right. Yeah. That, that, that's what I would assume. But I was like, man, if they bring him back in almost like a a Shang Tsung role, and I don't Whoa. think he is, but like if they brought that character back and he played kind of like a oh, bad. That would be crazy. Yeah. So I don't know. That was just kind of like my little pickup from that. And I was like, I don't know if it is his voice, but it sure Damn sounded like his voice. That's crazy. So so I'm not going to explain the whole history of Mortal Kombat, but I'm going to give this quick second uh, plot. What is Mortal Kombat for those that don't know? If you played the games, for those that are listening that don't know, what is Mortal Kombat? What is the whole thing about this? So Mortal Kombat is a tournament, all right? And it's a martial arts tournament, and it's held by different realms. So you have... Outworld. Outworld is where Shao Kahn lives. So it's it's all these different places. We have Earth, and we also have Earth Realm, which is us. Outworld. We have all these different all these different realms. So put that put that into perspective. Now they have this tournament. Now, um, the Outworld they have to win. I think it's nine out of ten tournaments, and if they win nine out of the ten tournaments they can take over that world. Mm -hmm. This is why you have us, the human characters, Luke Kang, Johnny Cage, everybody fighting for Earth. And if they win, then they cannot take over. Now, the whole plot is that, remember, they have to win 9 out of 10. If they win this one here, they can take over Earth Realm. Right. So that's pretty much the plot for everybody that doesn't understand Mortal Kombat. Now, the new series, um, if if you if you play the new one for the PS4, PS5, Mortal Kombat X, Mortal Kombat 11, uh, what they do is that they go back in time to stop everything from happening, and they try to get everybody back. So that's the plot. They try to go all the way back to the first tournament when Kung Lao won, then Liu Kang won. So. That's a little history of Mortal Kombat, but man, Aaron, this trailer has been going insane. Yeah. I don't know about you, but it comes out April 18, I think it is. Yeah. Listen, I have a Mortal Kombat day already planned out with my brothers. <laughs> I told my brother, you're not watching this movie without me. We're coming over your place. 
Me, me and my brothers, we're watching this together. It's gonna be like an epic night to watch this, man. Definitely, yeah. That's that's gonna be something. And I, if if it's anything like the trailer, it's gonna be a freaking amazing movie. And you know, I mean, the 1995 movie when that was first released, we talked about that last podcast. That was fantastic. Annihilation, not so much, but normally sequels aren't. The, uh, you know, you have such high expectations for the first one, and right. they pumped that movie out in like 18 months anyway, so that's why it was so damn bad. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think that, you know, I, I just, you know, make it NC-17. Make there be freaking blood and gore and all this other stuff. You know, like, make it freaking Mortal Kombat, you know? Right, and I, right, and right, I, right. And, and, I mean, obviously the trailer was... Um, a, a red screen trailer, not a green screen trailer, like intended for all audiences. It was intended for mature audiences, which was awesome because you got to see like this really gruesome, like Jax's arms being ripped off and all that other shit, you know. But I mean, I think that, um, I think that it's gonna be, it looks from the trailer, it looks like a very, very well made movie. And if it's all about Sub Zero, hell, he was my favorite character in the, in the, in the game franchise. So I'm all about that. Oh, man, I can't wait. I cannot wait, man. But, yes, we're looking forward to it. HBO Max, you guys get ready. Get your Mortal Kombat stuff ready. Put on your Mortal Kombat shirt because it's about to be fatalities all over the place. And we actually fatality this podcast today because <laughs> we, we went. <laughs> we, we went too we, long. We went two hours and 11 minutes over here. I'm looking. And you know what? But it was okay. We had to. We had to catch up with toys. With movies, there was a lot of things we had to catch up, and we did it. We actually, Aaron, believe it or not, we hit every topic today. I think we left out one, but it's really quick, and I'll hit it really fast. And Go right ahead, sir. It, it was that uh, Amazon and Paramount Pictures or Paramount Plus just announced at Hasbro. Um, it wasn't Hasbro PulseCon, but it was like Hasbro Investors whatever. Uh, that they're going to be making a live-action G.I. Joe TV show that focuses on Lady J. So that was the only thing. But, I mean, like, it was just announced yesterday. It's very, very, very fresh. Not too much is known about it other than it was announced and that it is currently in the works. But it's refreshing to see G.I. Joe getting a another live-action look um, at, at the uh, franchise. Oh my God! Okay, <laughs> am I gonna have to pay for another streaming service? Listen, if I watch the trailer to this and it's an amazing GI Joe live action show, like action packed and like, I'm like, oh God, I'm gonna have to go down this rabbit hole and get another streaming service, like, because if it's good, I'm watching it. Yeah, I think I think we I think you and I and Dave and uh, our little friendship circle needs to get involved. And okay, you get Disney Plus, and uh, I I have Disney Plus or whatever. You know, you get Hulu. I'll get I'll get Paramount Prime. You get Amazon, and we'll just share all of the. <laughs> the yeah, the man, yeah, yeah. Because right now I have Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, HBO Max, like. Oh, you're I rolling have, in it, man. I should have just asked you for all these passwords. Yeah, yeah. I have I have all of these, man. Like I'm I'm rolling in all of these right now, man. So like I'm just like, man, do I have to get like Paramount Plus? I'm gonna wait. Yeah. I'm gonna wait to see what's on it. And if it's worth it, 
then okay. And because, who knows if it's not like Netflix was at the beginning where they where they swore that they weren't going to release like the shows on DVD. If this could be one that like gets released to DVD at some point. Right, 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 right. So, oh, I'm excited, man. But man, Aaron, we did it. We did it. Man. We hit every topic. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. For those listening, me and Aaron go down rabbit holes, and sometimes we don't finish every topic. But this is our first show. We finish every topic we had. I think it man. is the first one ever, man. And I am happy about that. It's an accomplishment for us. We're almost reaching a year of this show coming up soon in the summertime. A year has gone by. And I, I, I'm going to do something special for that episode. Yeah, we, we're going to have to do something for that year episode. But uh, He's going to make everybody purr. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, hey, follow us on YouTube. That's Zero Box Prize Podcast. Check us out there. Also, check us out on Anchor.fm at Zero Box Prize Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Zero Box Prize Podcast. Also on Facebook, that's zero box price podcast and uh man aaron thank you again for being my awesome host i'm sweating over here it's been a it's been a good (laughs) it's been a good show i cannot wait to to finally get together again and uh you know get out of this house but it's been an amazing show i think you're right this has been the first show that we hit every topic (laughs) so it's a little lengthy but you know what i'm damn proud of this one because we we didn't miss anything this time no we did not we did not and with that don't miss us out next time and we will see you on the next Zero Box Prize Podcast. Boom.